Xbox All Access. Should Sony follow suit? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I am your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you episode, lucky episode 74. Almost forgot the lucky there. Sorry about laughing in the beginning. We, uh... We need blooper reels for you guys. We're going to do this. We messed up like three times. <laughs> we're going, uh, yeah, okay. So what we were talking about doing after it, we want to start doing blooper reels and sending them out to patrons. Uh, I think that that's a good idea. If you concur, let us know what you think in the comments below or uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, anywhere you can find us, Facebook, if you want to go to the group there. Uh, but, Saul, we are Places Podcast. We and sure are. People can find us every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST in video format on YouTube. If you see what we're doing there and you like it, then uh, consider giving us a subscribe. Hit the little bell button so you can get the new uh, episodes when they post every Monday for sure. Uh, first Friday of every month is our reader mail for this show. And then, of course, all the other Nartech stuff we're doing. Like uh, when we, we started streaming a bit more and Saul has his Let's Play series, you can find us there. If you want to listen to the podcast in audio format only, you can find us on most podcast services, Spotify, yeah, trying. We're over trying and over. I did it again, but we'll see what happens. Uh, still not there yet. But if you listen to us on iTunes, consider giving us a review. Let's us be, uh, lets us know what we're doing. Let's us know how we are doing it. Uh, if you have any ideas for the show, we'd love to hear them. And of course, it helps people find us and gets our numbers up there a little higher. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, where you can support us at a dollar, three dollar, or five dollar uh, tier. The one dollar tier is support. Gives you some. Um, nice discord roles we put your name on the end of every episode on youtube uh and i may start doing a call out uh for um the audio ones we'll figure that out yeah. we'll find a, trying to find a balance that way everyone gets uh that way people who listen to us still get that benefit um the three dollar and five dollar tiers are uh give you entries to custom case giveaways if you see our custom cases on youtube you mean I'm twitter. Sorry, not on youtube on twitter uh then those are pretty cool do i have one over here Saul? No, there's some behind us on the shelves behind us, but uh, audio listeners are just yeah, look, completely missing out. If you're on out. the YouTube, look, there you go. Audio listeners, I'm holding up a case. Uh, it's beautiful, and I love it. And then I'll show you the back. Oh, look, look at that. There you go. It's, hey, it's a custom. Now. It's a it's a handmade case. Anyway. Uh, and uh, I know I mentioned last episode I may have something for you guys this week. Well, um, Printers it's done. Like, I, it, it is done. The, the, the product that I have created is finished. It's just a matter of getting it printed out. Um, so maybe sometime this week for y'all that you'll see it. Yep. So it, if you follow us up. at either of those tiers, though, you will get a chance to win a custom case, and a whoever the winner is for that month gets to select what game out of the catalog of all the ones that we've made. Uh, I think we're at 26 with Saul's now, and there'll be a 27th very soon. Um, and you can we'll send it to you. We'll do all that stuff uh, whenever you sign up for Discord at those tiers. We will try and get your information. Some people signed up beforehand, so we may have to ask for shipping information. But outside of that, you can find us on. Facebook and Twitter. Twitter's at Triangle SQRD and Facebook is a Facebook group. It's a Triangle Square Day PlayStation podcast and we will be creating a fan page very soon uh, to also be able to set up events for when we're streaming and stuff like that. Uh, one of the listeners, uh, Richard Riviero, I think is how you say his last name, has challenged us uh, or set up a challenge for me I and Saul. I forgot about this. Uh, so Saul and I are to, uh, to basically compete in a game triathlon where we will do three games of three different styles. I think it was one fighting game, one racing game. I think it game. was, what was it? And Gran Turismo, one first person shooter. Gran Turismo, Injustice Two, and I think we have yet to figure out what the first person shooter. I think would he be. wanted to do Destiny One v One. We will. That's right. We, that's we, what we it will was. confirm what they are and uh, and set that up. But that'll be a big streaming event. The winner uh, gets a J Japanese exclusive color they had on the original Fat Vita, which was like a sparkly blue. I think they called it Galaxy 
beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, and I would love to have that. So we will see whoever is the better gamer of us in this uh, coming. We'll, uh, and what, we'll do well. I think, we, I think it's two weeks from now. And it's, it's going yeah, to be the weekend of the Spider-Man release. Yep. So Which we will have some fun. bad weekend to do it on. Or, well, actually, it may not be that weekend because I may have to go out of town. Is that when you're going to Dallas? I, I think so. Well, I'll have to figure it out because I do have uh, stuff. Like, I have to text family members and see what we're doing. Um, but uh, speaking of, like, you know, fun stuff, be sure to keep a lookout in uh, the next couple hours after this video releases because we'll be releasing another video with a giveaway for hitting episode 75. There's not going to be much said here. We're going to leave it up for a little surprise. But yep. it's something that we've been heavily requested to do. So, or, you know, he heavily Multiple times. Yeah, I would say, yeah, mul like multiple people vein. wants this. So. so it's a giveaway, and it's going to be just to celebrate our 75th ep episode, which is crazy, doing this 75 episodes in a row. Never missing a week, Saul. Except we did one. it. Well, you we, did. Us, as a, us as a podcast have never missed We've a week. We've never missed I have episode. missed one. But that's okay. Yeah. It's all right. You've been, and it was good. And technically, you've missed a bonus episode, but I don't count that because that was Blaze filling in for you. PSA. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something I can't count. Anyway, let's get this show on the road. We've been jabbering on too long. Saul, what have you been playing this week? A lot of Death's Gambit. Like, a lot. A Dude. Lot. So it's much. a really good game. Um, How I, far are you without saying too much? I have... What boss are you on? Do, I, do you want me to say the boss name? You could. I, I don't think that the boss name counts as a spoiler for, uh, at any point. I've beaten by Surge. I don't even know who that is. Let me tell you. Have you? So have you been? I am fighting. Uh, trying to think. Em, South Emolvero or whatever, who's above the sanctuary. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I, I have yet to go the, up the cosmic there yet. dude. Yeah. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah. I have nowhere else to go that I can find. Oh, you're missing then. Go down to the highway. I already have. Is it an elevator that's supposed to get yeah, there? There. It won't work for me. I'll tell you after the episode. Okay, we'll, we'll figure that out. There's a game is beautiful. By the way, I'm telling you right now. I don't want to ruin it for you. But um, the game drastically changes in style. When what you level down. are you? I don't even know, dude. Like, if you had to guess, like fifty. Oh, dude, I'm so high, dude. Oh, what not? Where? What class you start with? Uh, I just did normal night. Okay, because See, I, I, I normally start most games like that that way. I because really, like, realistically, most of those games are just set up to play very perfectly with that setup. Of course, you have a lot of agency outside of that. Yeah. But I will do that, and then I like the idea of if I ever, if I love the game enough, and right now I do, uh, to go back and play it, I'm going to play it like a drastically different, I, probably like a thief or something quicker. Yeah. Um, I will say that I, I started out as a sentinel, um, which is basically just a two-handed knight uh, okay. with a kind of a cool ability. But is it the one where you can like dash forward? I mean, that may be an ability you get. His normal ability is well, just like it's like you're instead of dodge rolling, one of them has like a dash. I thought that was somebody. With no, a shield. I don't think. I don't it, know no. who it is. Um, but uh, well, you don't have a shield. You have a two handed sword. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, technically right. everybody has a shield. Yeah, technically yeah. everybody has a shield. But um, no, no, no. But yeah, like you do an overhand swing that is like a C shape, and uh, whenever you do that, and you hit an enemy. Your long sword gets higher damage, and it's really cool. But I, so it's still a longsword? Is it Alduin? It's a long, longsword? Yeah. That's what I No, no, no. It's a Vados longsword. Ah. Um, but oh, a longsword. Yeah, mine's a, mine's great a gray sword. Do, so you're right. Did you find the plus three one? Uh, I'm on plus five. Uh, okay. But did you find the plus three one? Hmm? Okay, up on the top. Later. Yeah. I didn't realize for some reason. I was like, oh, I was supposed to jump on those this whole time. Yeah. And I finally... Well, you can't the first time you go through because they fall. Yeah. But then but you, you have just to go, go all the way. The stream yeah. And then, yeah. So, I noticed that too. I was like, I feel dumb, but I've, I got it. Blood Knight's really cool. That's what I've been playing as because I've I've played and restarted the game about five times now, going from Sentinel to Knight to Mage to Blood Knight and then to uh, Death's Acolyte, Acolyte, and um, I think Blood Knight is the most fun I've had so far. Um, 
trying to think what what I did the other day. What what's the the sniper's name? Have you fought her yet? Yeah, okay. I fought her. I can't remember the name either. Um, the game works so well, and like 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 uh, dead or dead cells, uh, dark souls does, in which you can kind of go in any, any way order. That you want yeah. to. Yeah, did you go? I'm not gonna say any order. There's a couple that you do have to do. Like you have to fight the phoenix spirit. Uh, first, you have to fight. Oh, well, you, oh, really, you, you before, have to fight Tundra the Lord. King first, but yeah, yeah, you have to fight the Owl King first, and then it gets a Tundra like, Lord. There's some order to it, but there's not a there's not a definite order. Some of them are like obvious that you're not supposed to be fighting them there, but you can if you want to. I, I'll tell uh, you right now that the next time you uh you, you if you do restart a game, because uh, I've gone through what, basically all I'm needing is one more sigil to get into whatever the yeah the uh, care whatever it's called C A E R. I think so. Yeah, I think that's how it said. Um, but. I will say that for any of those who have yet to play yet and that when or who are going to replay it like I'm definitely going to do on New Game Plus, uh, Crystal... We should have we done a... Um, a stream for that? I mean, we could do a stream, but we should have done an impressions episode for that. We can kind of loosely do it here because yeah. I'm actually really impressed with the game's idea. I'm going to go ahead and kind of talk about it for just a second. Sure. We'll, we'll move off of it. But I wanted to see what you thought about it because I know that you like the game, but I like that it's not just a Dark Souls clone. So, like, what I mean by that is, like, uh, when I tell people, okay, like this is 2D Dark Souls in, in a lot of ways. It really is. Bloodborne, and, and, too. And it's, yeah. And it's, I consider it to be better, in my opinion, than Salt and Sanctuary was. Oh, it definitely um, is. What Salt miles, and Sanctuary miles had a lot Everything of, was lackluster about Salt and Sanctuary to me. The, the, it's the level okay design. Game. It's an okay game. The visuals. Game, but yeah, I didn't think the soundtrack it, has nothing compared to Death Gambit. Death Gambit has a killer soundtrack. Yes, it does. It's amazing. Um, but that said, one I, I like that. Also, Salt and Sanctuary was really like, okay, well, we're going to take all the Dark Souls ideas and just put them in 2D. Whereas... What Death's Gambit does is it does use a lot of those ideas, but it also turns them in a lot of ways to where, yeah, it does feel very Dark Souls inspired, but it has a lot of things. Where it's like, oh, this is interesting. Like, so to give a brief like example, of the differences, right? So in in most Souls like games, as we're gonna as everybody started calling them, but I mean it's, it's with good reason. When you die, you drop your souls, and that's your currency to level up and and um, to buy stuff and whatnot. Uh, but basically, what goes on in this game is you don't drop your shards, which is what the currency is. Uh, and instead, you have, uh, instead of a, an item that heals you like a flask or something like that, you have a phoenix plume. And not only do you have the phoenix plume, you can change to different phoenix plumes. I like that. That's a really cool idea. I haven't seen any other Souls-like do that. Uh, so you'll, throughout different parts of the game, you can stumble across feather upgrades, so you'll get an upgrade for your, where well, you have one extra. Um, You'll be able to change it out with different ones like that will heal more, heal quicker, heal and give you 30 seconds of immunity, heal and give you plus 10 immunity for 30 seconds. There's a bunch of different things you can do. I love that idea. The other thing I love is instead of dropping shards, which is overused mechanic to an extent, but I get why, right. is that you want to go back and do it. But it still, it still works its way into a cycle that's similar because when you die, anywhere you die, you drop one of your Phoenix Plumes. And if you die on the way to get that Phoenix Plume, you drop another one. And then to get them back, you can go to a Death Altar, which is where you spend, like you basically, it's a campfire where you level up and everything like that. But what happens is that you can pay to reclaim the feathers, but every time you do it, it gets more costly. Interesting. Have you not done that yet? I've only reclaimed once because it was stuck in a boss, and I was like, I don't want to fight this boss. No, I, I never reclaimed. But it, or technically, I've done it I don't think I've ever had to reclaim, because yeah. the only way you don't reclaim is if you die on the way back to the feather. Okay, well, there's one that I had to reclaim just because there's no way to get it uh, when you get in the, the, the jail cell. Oh, yeah. Technically, wait, what do you mean there's no way to get back to it? I mean, I went back to the gel cell, but it, even though it was right there, it wouldn't let me pick it up. It was stuck in the gel cell. So I had to reclaim That's it. That's a to glitch. Get it back. I couldn't, I mean, the gel cell wasn't open, so I couldn't get it. 
Like I could get close to it. But I don't I think Mon did that. Me. You're talking about like when you have to use the suicide blade or whatever. Yeah, but to be fair, I maybe I didn't move close enough to the edge where I could have gotten it. That might it have been was what it close, was. but not close enough. Anyway, my point being, that's an interesting take on it. Instead of just doing the normal, well, you dropped your shards, which is exactly what salt did. Oh, well, you dropped your salt or whatever the hell it is. And you're like, go, yeah, go go get it back. Um, I there was some things I liked, but if I recalled. Isn't this Dark Souls as well, where whenever something kills you, or even Bloodborne, and maybe it's been a while since I played both of them, but when something kills you, you have to go back and kill it to get your stuff back, right? Bloodborne did that. Bloodborne did that. Okay, Salt and Sanctuary did that, and that was actually kind of cool. I don't like that. I don't like uh, that I don't mind it. I think that was a decent idea, but I like that that's not in this one. I just feel like it takes a lot of the ideas, um, and it turns them in a way that feels right, because like in, in the long run, right, if you drop too many of your feathers and you can't get back to them because you're just trying to ball out too hard then basically you still have to spend shards in the long run. So you're losing shards just to get your feathers back that you can't use anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that's an interesting take. And I think the other thing um, that's interesting, but not necessarily expertly uh, done with the game, but I think it tries is the way it goes about trying to be a platformer as well. And it does, but it knows that it's not the greatest at that. So it tries to lean as much as it can on its RPG mechanics. Yeah. And, um, what I do like about it a lot is the, um, augment system. I almost never have more than one feather on me. I always have one feather. That's it. Oh yeah. Uh, I haven't done that yet because I think it's, I, I basically, that's one of those things where I don't know what it is. So I'm just going to use it in, in future playthroughs. I mean, basically um, what it is is that you give... Because I found all of... The, I have all the feathers that you can get. I found them all. I've got the trophy for it. Um, well, well, no, no, no. It's not that. It's... You basically take your feathers... I know, and it, and it, it you, like, takes it away a, from you. You put them in a bank. But it gives you, like, extra damage. It's, or a, it's extra, only extra damage. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that I found at least. But it gives you, like... Uh, early in the game, I had only had one. I had, like, five available feathers, and I had 150 plus... Or 150% more damage. Yeah, and that's cool. That's a good setup. But, um... But yeah, it, it it's, a, it's a really solid game for sure, and well, it's beautiful too. I mean, really, it is in, in terms of what they're trying to do with the art style. And another thing that I I respect it for doing is voice acting. The only odd thing about it is the fact that even though everyone else talks, you don't. I, yeah, that's odd to me. It is. And it, the story aspects are kind of odd to me. I kind of wish they well, weren't I say there. You, you talk, but you don't have a voice. Unlike Bloodborne, you, your character never says anything. Right. That's why you're a silent protagonist. But in this game, your your character's talking, but you don't have a voice. But everyone else that you talk to is responding to what you're saying in text with text and voice over, um, which is cool. Though. Well, I, mean, I like that they're I like that they voice acted, even though not all of the voice acting is amazing. But it's all it's yeah. all respectable. The voice that voice acting for Fink is so different compared to the rest of the quality for voice acting. It's it's weird. Yeah. Um, but other than Death Gambit this week. Uh, Kind of the same usual stuff, a rainbow, a round of rainbow here and there, a round of Rocket League here and there. Uh, I played Dead Cells a little bit, but not too much since Death Gambit's been working. I got Divinity Original Sin 1 on sale for 10 bucks, and I played through the first hour of that before I decided just to go ahead and pre-order 2 on the store and play 2, because 1 had some, or 2 had some stuff that changed for the better. Uh, from one, and I noticed them almost off the bat in one. In worst case scenario, you just paid ten bucks for one. So yeah, and, and I mean, it's not that big of a deal to me. And the uh, let's see, what else? I guess besides the opening of Divinity Sin two, because I played that, and then I'm gonna replay it again probably tonight or tomorrow, depending on uh, what time we all get done hanging out tonight. Yeah, I played uh, I played Dead Cells uh, as well. Um, so when I beat Dead Cells, what happens is after you beat the final boss, you get this thing that you can go and put into basically the same idea of uh, 
or a similar idea of augmentation. Basically, you're upping the difficulty of the game. So, you know when you are when you restart on Dead Cells and you're running across and there's like a vial that has all the glass jars floating above it of the upgrades? Yeah, that it's all the... That vial's the... there? So, this is where you get an augment or mutation is what it's called. And you can insert it in there and it ups the difficulty of the game. You get less uh, health uh, refill places. So, even though you go to the collector, there's not always a health refill there. That's uh, really weird. It lets you open the door. So when you have one mutation in, it lets you open all the doors that have one circle on them. When you're running through, you know, the doors that you can knock on. Yeah. So you can open all the single doors. I ha- and it was weird. It puts enemies from later areas of the games into the first area. Uh, and it, so it, it, it makes the game a lot harder. And every time that you run through and get to the final boss and beat it, you get a new mutation. So then you can double up and eventually you can open the four circle doors. Um, that was a cool idea. Death Gambit has been fantastic. And I really love it. Um, but Dead Cells... It's probably going to just be on my mind for a long, yeah, long that time. Yeah, It's really so good. good. Um, I, I really think it has managed to creep itself up, similar to something that Saul said when we were just talking by ourselves one day. I do think it's managed to creep itself into my head for some form of game of the year. Yeah. Not, I don't know that it will be my game of the year, but if it stays on my mind like it has been since I very first started pl- playing it, then I think it, it bodes well that I'm gonna. It's gonna be really present in my mind when we go to talk about our games of the year at the at the end of the year. Um, so that's that's cool. I actually really like that system. The only other thing I played was No Man's Sky with Ryan. Hopped on with him. Uh, did survival for the first time ever, which was interesting. Uh, so you die and you drop your entire inventory. I was like, what do you normally play on? Creative? Normal. Oh, because it's my same survival wasn't in the game at first. Right. Uh, Ever so, since, so ne- I've had the same character ne- since launch. No? What's ne- what's the one before next? That was big. Atlas Rises. Yeah, I played that one on survival when it came out. Yeah. So I've never done survival. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't realize I was joining into survival with him, uh, but it made me make a new character. And that was interesting. Um, and so I mean, No Man's Sky is, a, is still fun. Uh, I'm still trying to make time for it, but I'm still uh, basically what I want to do is beat Death's Gambit, and then if possible. The week before Spider Man, squeeze in Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, because I forgot to let you borrow that game. Yeah, I'm not. I'm trying not to be like you and borrow something for a year and a half. Yeah, I still have God of War three at home. No, I have it. I got it whenever I got the game. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> whenever I got uh, Hyperlight. So anyway, Saul, you want to go ahead and hop into the drop? Sure thing. Since my brand new laptop is acting really weird, maybe you have well, to yeah, exchange. Updating is what it looked like. But no, no, no it's, it dropped Wi Fi again. And then when I went to connect, Wi-Fi was gone. Oh, fun. Yeah. So well, Here's the hoping that brand new laptop isn't bad. Well, I mean, I got a receipt, so I can take it back. Assuming uh, Office Depot Still has a pretty annoying, good policy. But... So uh, for those that don't know, the drop is this week's weekly PlayStation um, releases, and it goes across all PlayStation platforms. First up, we have Bad North for PS4, Blade Strangers for PS4, B- Bow to Blood for PSVR, Catch and Release for PSVR, Claybook for PS4, Divinity Original Sin 2 Definitive Edition for PS4. That's available physically. And that's available on Friday. Donut County for PS4. Game super cute looking, and it had one of the best uh, little... At PSX, when they showed off the video for it, it had a, such a great trailer. It was real tongue-in-cheek. It's like, does it have a platinum trophy? <laughs> it's like... It was really like they knew who they were dealing with at PSX. You know, a lot of people at PSX are going to be platinum, or at least trophy hunters. So Right. It, it, it was good. It was really funny. Interesting. Um... That's on PS4, right? Yeah. Yeah, basically it's a game where there's a, you start off with a small hole and you just move it around and you get something to fall in the hole and as, if something falls in the hole, it grows bigger and you eventually can like make the whole house fit in the hole. That's kind of cool. And it's it's kind of like game. a very Katamari feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a puzzle game. It's very it's, it's different, but it has a good sense of humor to it. Huh. 
We have a Downward Spiral Horus Station for PSVR. Fern's Gate for PS4 and PS Vita, cross-buy. We have Fire Pro Wrestling World for PS4. That's available physically as well. We have Firewall Zero Hour for PSVR. It's another really cool, actually. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about this, and that's available uh, physically. Yeah, they announced it at PSX, if I, remember, if I recall correctly. Did they really? Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be... Whereas uh, the other one that... I want to say it was super mad or maybe super massive doing that one. There was another game uh, for the life of me. Can't remember that. I think, uh, I think Ryan and, um, I think Ryan got, I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, it was basically like you, you didn't have free control of your character. Instead, you just warped to different strategic points. Uh, that way it dealt with locomotion in the game. Yeah. Not trying to make you sick, but you could still lean over and fire and stuff. And it was, cool. it was like a rainbow six style game, but that one's supposed to be real rainbow six style where you still can control your character completely. And it's going to have, aim support which also the other game did too see this is the but, kind of game that uh, I, I, I want on VR we have a Gate of Doom for PS4 the Golf Club 2019 featuring PGA Tour for PS4 Haunted Dungeons Hayaki Castle for PS4 Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Striker for PS4 uh, physically as well NBA 2K19 the prelude for PS4 Pato Box for PS4 Shikondo Soul Eater for PS4 Right. Splash Blast Panic for PS4. Strange Brigade for PS4. Sunless Sea. Submariner, not sub, Submariner for PS4. Switchblade for PS4. Right. Think of the Children for PS4. Torn for PSVR. A lot of PSVR VR games this week. Speaking of which, another one. Viking Days for PSVR. Yakuza Kiwami 2 for PS4, available digitally and physically, and that's the last on the list. So Yakuza's pretty interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, there's Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami, Yakuza Kiwami 2 now, and uh, Japan got a PlayStation 3, um, or an HD remaster of the PlayStation 3, uh, Yakuza 3. Uh, so that should put, if they do 4 or 5 on there, which they may already be, I can't actually recall. But it looks like the goal of it is to make every Yakuza game available on PlayStation 4 if it's not already. That would be actually really cool. Um, which is just interesting to see Because that's a series do. I need to jump into. I've heard a lot of good about it. Yeah, 3, 4, and 5 remasters coming to PS4. So literally every Yakuza game will be in some shape or form on PlayStation. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, there was an article that was uh, rather cool. It was talking about the original creator of the series saying that um, the only the only manufacturer, console manufacturer, that would give the game the time of day was Sony. Uh, they actually pitched the game to Nintendo and Microsoft, and basically they just laughed them off and were like, "Nah, we don't we don't want it." Huh. Um, and it's kind of interesting because Yakuza's come ve- become very big, definitely this generation. I mean, it, it, I remember it growing throughout the PlayStation 3 generation when I worked at GameStop. Uh, I remember seeing it kind of get more and more popular with each release. Um, but they, it's definitely gotten more popular with the PlayStation 4, partially because, I guess, the proliferation of games in general. Like, you know, gaming is bigger now. Yeah. PlayStation 4 really blew up the gaming market, um, which is obvious by the amount of sales that's going on. Uh, I mean, I think in general, gaming... Gaming surviving the supposed collapse that was supposed to come from mobile gaming seemed to do a lot for gaming in general. Obviously, yeah. PlayStation 4 was a good part of that, and I think you know, they, they won a lot of stuff. So they are directly responsible to an extent. But um, for sure, gaming is just in a good. I think you know, with Switch is where it's at. Switch is doing a, a good job of bringing a lot of people who weren't gaming back into gaming uh, or gaming for the first time. So it's interesting to see how that goes. Um, Go ahead and. Uh... Hop into the news, good sir. The weekly news. Yeah, so this week, uh, as most of you should know, um, Gamescom was this week. Uh, So what we'll do is cover the Gamescom stuff first, and then we'll do the rest of it. So uh, let's see. 
Uh, we got a bunch of updates on games that we were already seeing that were previously announced, but we also got a couple of new announcements, so we'll just roll through them. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 got new screenshots, uh, screenshots and concept art, as well as a behind-doors gameplay demo with attendees saying the game feels somewhat like a futuristic Grand Theft Auto or Watch Dogs, but still unique. And that, I think that's interesting, right? Because if you... Because if I recall, Saul, and I don't know if you ever did it, didn't Grand Theft Auto Five, um, whenever it came to PS4, include a first-person mode? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Have you okay? Have you ever played it that way? Yeah, it's it's a little odd uh, with the sensitivity of looking around, but it's I mean it's it works fine. I guess that because you know you think about it, Cyberpunk's supposed to be first person. I guess that would make sense if you've played Grand Theft Auto Five in the first person and like you know kind of transplant that into a more futuristic thing. Uh, did you see the screenshots for it? Yeah, it looks either, great. Either they're on a high-end PC and they're really going, or this is... It, it almost almost looks like this might be... PS5. PS5. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be It's gonna be interesting. It looks really good. But then again, The Last of Us and Ghost of, Ghost of Tsushima both look ridiculous. And those are PS4 games. We know. So I guess anything's possible. Um, CD Projekt Red I'm, I'm really blowing us up. Honestly, I'm super excited so far that when it does come out, I'm curious, I'll, I'll day one for sure for the Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's it's super interesting looking. Uh, Battlefield Five uh, open beta date was revealed to be September fourth for early access users and September sixth for other players, as well as a new trailer for the game. So if that's interesting to you at all, you can go check that out. Fallout seventy six got another new trailer, but nothing really new in the information department. Um, sad. I, you know, you hope that Fallout would do a limited edition console with somebody. They got a bundle with the Xbox One X, but it's literally just a black Xbox One X. I, was like, I know, sucks. yeah, it, it, it's not too fancy. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Ubisoft, first of all, say that there will be no new Assassin's Creed game next year, uh, which I think is smart. I think there still should have been a, a gap between this one and, uh, and basically... There should have been one in 18. There should have been one in 19. Uh, they said the only reason that we're getting two in a row is that the games were being developed simultaneously at two different developers. So... I could see. I think that they need to start being smarter with the time they give between games, and I think it would be at the smartest to literally give a year between Assassin's Creed so that everybody can cool off on it uh, and so they can iterate a little bit more because uh, they showed off new cinematic trailers. It doesn't look like a huge improvement over uh, Origins by any standard to me. Uh, it revealed the map, which has a lot of water, uh, which is interesting because there was water in Origins, but not just a massive amount. Saul, did you ever get around to playing Assassin's Creed? I Origins? sure didn't. I was going to borrow it from you, but then you uh, traded it. In. You traded it. It, in. Was, it was a fine game. It was really fun. Uh, and from the gameplay, there could have been better stuff in the gameplay, but it was the most fun Assassin's Creed game has been. The story was a little all over the place uh, and not that great. And some of the characters could have been done better. But for what it was trying to do, I think it mostly succeeded in being the first Assassin's Creed game to really make me want to continue playing it. Because even if the characters were better in the old ones, which I don't necessarily know that I agree they were but I don't know actually the, the, the first game was pretty bad character wise in my opinion but yeah um, there's, a, there's a couple of people who I know that would agree and disagree with you yeah I know a couple of people who really think Altair is really a great character but man then again, gaming was in a different time. You know, mocap wasn't as good. Voice acting wasn't as good. It was. It, it's come a long way throughout the majority of the PlayStation 3 gen, so hard to say. Uh, also showed off a gameplay of uh, the Medusa boss fight, showing that Greek mythology will be worked into the game somehow, which they found weird ways to do it in Odyssey, but it was always like... I don't know. It didn't take away from the experience. It's odd that Assassin's Creed has gone from trying to be very historically accurate to now that they're going into places that had like really strong mythologies that they're leaning into the mythologies which is only a little weird because 
it's a game that's kind of meant to be grounded, but by fighting these mythological creatures, you're automatically kind of pulling it away from a grounded state. Right. Which, I mean, you were pulling it around from goes a grounded state anyway, direction. but in a sci-fi direction. So it's something that makes you be like, well, it's possible. I don't know. It's just a weird way for it to go. I liked it in uh, Origins, but I think that long-time Assassin's Creed fans may have more to say about it than I. I need to talk to Seth about that. He's a big Assassin's Creed fan. Yes, yes. Um See, Resident Evil 2 remake uh, saw new footage of Claire Redfield's campaign. Uh, I was confirming that will be in there and showing a little bit of that, so that's cool. Uh, Sekiro, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, new gameplay was shown. Uh, similar in size to Bloodborne and Dark Souls, though more action-oriented than RPG-like, so it will be a very different style of game, but the scope of the world is similar in size to Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, which are pretty similar, if you really think. Yeah. All the Dark Souls games have had a rather similar feel in terms of how open they are. I think uh, Dark Souls 1 probably feels the smallest. Well, no, Demon Souls I was like, Dark Souls. feels the smallest. But of the Souls of the Dark Souls games, Dark Souls 1 feels the smallest to me. Yeah, um, and then Dark Souls 3 feels a little weird with Firelink not being a uh, direct hub world in which everything links go, back yeah. to it, yeah, similar yeah. to what... Uh, one did very well, and then every, and then two kind of did it mainly from not really using uh, the bonfire to go anywhere. You kind of you, you you could, but you kind of just you get to Majula, then you have like these points to go to. I remember somebody saying that they didn't like two because two moved away from the very very interconnected map of one. Yeah, the, the map in two is um, not really interconnected so. at all. One of those weird things. Uh, let's see. It will also be releasing on March 22nd, so we do have a release date now. It will have a collector's edition featuring a statue of the protagonist, a little seven-inch statue, a scroll-style map, which actually, if you're going to include a map with a game, at least do it in a cool way like that. It's literally like a, a rolled-up scroll, at least in the picture they took. Uh, it'll have a steel book case, an art book, and replica game coins, and comes in at only $89. It's not bad. Yeah, um, that's a good price for any, any Yeah, so I think I'm going to try and snag that up because the game looks amazing. Did you see the gameplay? Yes. Oh, it looks it look so good. Fantastic. Uh, I really love, and they showed this even at the beginning thing, but I really love the idea of having like the, the shield that just expands out from your arm. The grapple hook looks super fun. I mean, like adding verticality. Well, the, shield, the shield was, was the shield not his hat? See, it looks like one of those old Asian hats. I don't think it is because the character doesn't have a hat tradition. I guess that's true, yeah. Uh, but it, it definitely has that like Rod, Raiden-style hat look, yeah, which it, is cool. I mean, it, it, so looks... it, just, it, fits the, uh, it fits the style that, it's, that the game has going for it. But the game looks awesome. I mean, it, adding verticality into those styles of worlds, like, you know, a From Software world is going to be interesting because that's not really something you've been able to do unless you use ladders and stuff. Like, there was some verticality, but it wasn't in the sense of like a free-roaming verticality. Interesting to see there. Uh, Devil May Cry 5. Got a new gameplay demo. Uh, people were able to play that on the show floor. It will be releasing March 8th, so that's ahead of Sekiro. Uh, aiming for photorealism with the series standard 60 frames per second, which is no surprise to me. A lot of people were really, really on uh, Capcom about DMC whenever Ninja Theory did it, not being 60 frames per second because it was the first time, if I can recall, that the uh, series was not a 60 frames per second game. Um, yeah. Unless four, I don't because I didn't play four. Did was the original four sixty frames per second I'm, on PS3? I know it was on the remaster. I, well, I played it on three sixty, and I can't remember if it was or not. I'm pretty sure it was. Did it feel smooth? Yes, it did. Because I will say I didn't mind DMC's feel, but it was obviously slower feeling and a little less responsive than the other Devil May Cry games. Even though I thought it was fun. Uh, Life is Strange 2 got its first official trailer showcasing new protagonists so it's moving away from Chloe and Max from the last games because uh, Max has only been in the first game but Chloe managed to go into the second one as well and they did before or the second game in the series before the storm uh, the first episode releases on September 27th so that's just a reminder that's already been known uh, Twin Mirror 
uh, the game that was by Don't Nod, same people that did Vampire and uh, Life is Strange. Uh, so they have two games kind of coming in that sense. It's also episodic. It will be three episodes and we'll have a Sherlock Holmes style mind palace with an inner voice called the double. Uh, and that's like a physical representation of the voice. So like when you go into the mind palace, you can basically the game has it where you can switch between the mind palace and the real world in real time. Um, Maybe not in real time. I don't. They they were kind of talking about it, like possibly, but you'll switch between them and you'll pick up clues between the two to basically solve the mystery that's going on. And I like the idea of your inner voice having its own look, so that you can actually like physically talk to it. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, the game looks okay. Um, you know, it's it looks a little. I mean, it, it looks double A, but it doesn't have as uh, stylized of an art style as like Life is Strange. So Life is Strange, looking a little underwhelming, doesn't really matter because you're swept up in the art style. Yeah. So you, it, it doesn't necessarily look underwhelming to you. Cause it's like, oh, well, it's meant to look that way. Uh, this game's going for a little bit more of a, of a, of a realistic approach. Very similar to Vampire, and it actually kind of looks similar to Vampire, so I guess it'd be considered double uh, A. Darksiders 3 got new trailer uh, gameplay and a boss fight. So if you're interested in that and want to see a little bit more gameplay, you can check that out. If you don't, you know you want to get it and avoid it at all costs. Um Shinmu 3 finally got a release date of August 27th, 2019. That game has really been delayed. Um, but it here's has. the hoping for them that it doesn't get delayed again. I don't think it will. I think they were smart. They already knew that there was a delay coming. They know the game's going to have a somewhat limited audience anyway. So why try and go early in the year when there's all these big games hitting right now? So that makes sense. Uh, Ace Combat 7. Ryan should probably be happy here. Uh, got a new trailer and a January 18th release date for uh, PlayStation 4. Uh, next up is actually cool. Dark Pictures Anthology, Man and Madon. Um, it's a new episodic series by Supermassive Games. Uh, those are the people that did Until Dawn. Uh, it's published by Bandai Namco. Uh, first of three episodes uh, will be in 2019. Uh, don't, doesn't have a, a more sp- specific window. Um, but... Who knows, really? There's a lot of episodic that came out of this. It's because uh, Bandai Namco is also the also the publisher for Twin Mirror, so I guess they're really trying to do what Square did and lean into the episodic release. Yeah, which um, depending on the release dates, it's not that bad of an idea. If it's yeah, too far apart, I think that like, like season wise, and yeah, it can get really kind of. And see, I, I don't know how Life is Strange did it, but um, specifically, um, what's the Telltale? They are Walking very dead. bad about keeping a real schedule. Uh, there's massive amounts of time between some episodes, and it's just that's why I don't ever buy them until they're done. Uh, no episodic series, I just I can't do it. Um, if it was something like every week, where like you basically got like a new episode every week, then sure. But I that kind of takes away from the point of it being episodic to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the whole point of episodic is to give them time to kind of flesh it out. So. They can they can have one team working on the next episode and then have one team finalizing the the episode that it launches and then that whole team can shift back over to doing final polish for the the next upcoming episode and kind of keep that going you know what I mean yeah um, so I don't know that that will be like that but it looks great um, graphically looks really great uh, what would you expect until dawn looked fantastic it's not using uh, the Killzone engine which I mean now we know of is um, oh Lord what is the name of that engine Saul help a, help a brother out. It's what uh, Death Stranding's using. Right. Decima. Uh, Decima, thank you. Uh, I was like, I know it starts with a D. I just I had to fish my mind yeah, for it. Yeah, so it's not that engine, but um, apparently uh, the game that they did for PlayStation, um, what, what did they actually end up calling that? It wasn't PlayStation TV. I'm mind farting today like hardcore. The game is called Hidden Agenda. 
It's about the engine? Playlink. That's what it's called. Oh. Anyway, it was done on Unreal 4 as um, actually World End showed, and then I decided to look it up. Uh, and surprisingly, it was. Uh, so I think that this is probably an Unreal 4 as well. And uh, what game? We were talking about some some other game that's on Unreal 4 that's like surprising to be on. It was a Switch game. Like a indie game in Discord. I don't know. It's um, crazy. I don't know. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine was apparently not Unreal, but that's what we we're talking about. Yeah, but and that's uh, that's also what I was why people were talking about. about that they're not surprised that it didn't come to 3DS because there's no game on 3DS that runs on Unreal, uh-uh. which is not surprising either. Uh, let's see. Next thing up, um, that looks like the end of what I had going there. So uh, anyway, it's going to be first episode of three in 2019. Each episode will last four to five hours each. Uh, landing to a 12 to 15 hour experience uh, by the time that the end is gone. Moving on from Gamescom stuff, even though this is probably still Gamescom stuff in the long run, but not single game announcements. Uh, Fortnite's newest patch will be separating PlayStation 4 players who use a keyboard and mouse from those on traditional controllers. This makes ton a ton of sense. Most games will try like, okay, so a perfect example of this is that you're basically trying to level the playing field for online. Uh, one example of this is that the Killzone 3 online on PlayStation 3, you could play the game with Move, so you could use the Move sharpshooter. Uh, if you played online with it, it would specifically put you in a lobby with other people who were using the Move sharpshooter. That way you had a level playing field of people who, that way you didn't have somebody coming in with a controller and wrecking shop because they have a more precise way to aim. Right. Um, which makes sense, but it also made it more fun because it was like, okay, well, when I did play, I played the entire campaign with a sharpshooter. It was very fun. I played online with a sharpshooter. Very fun, but I normally played online with a controller. So this makes sense. Why would they not move the keyboard and mouse people who have a obvious advantage uh, away? And so basically what it'll do is it'll instead match make those people with pc players instead um or other keyboard mouse players on ps4 yeah 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 but basically that, i guess that was a given but yeah true um very true uh platformer hat in time receives free story dlc in cooperative mode on september 13th that game has been well like well supported post-release i think it sold pretty well person's first game yeah and so uh, that's cool. it's it's i think it's coming over to switch and people are really excited for that which i still want to play it. I, I like a lot of platformers but it's just we've been so steeped in metroidvanias lately it's where my mind has been so yeah um, that's why I, I kind of want to do Guacamelee. Like I want to do Death's Gambit, Guacamelee 2, and then Hyperlight. That way I kind of stay with my Metroidvania until I'm just done with it all. But we'll see how that, that works sense. out. Uh, PS4 has now sold over 7 million units in Japan after four and a half years on the market. That's about on pace, a little bit above actually, with PS3 sales at the same time in its life and putting PS4's uh, lead over Switch at around 2 million currently. Though we all know that that gap is ever closing the handheld market just does so massively better in japan it's by nature of i mean if you've ever seen any video of japan you know why there's way more walking there's way more subway usage they use public transportation far more they don't own a lot of cars um owning a car is more like an enthusiast thing to do in japan so that's kind of cool and it makes sense so i think that ultimately the switch will end up doing very well the wii u didn't do very well in japan so we know that the home console market is very weak over there so good on Nintendo for that, but still, 7 million PlayStations over there is, is good. It took a long time for them to break 10 million on the PS3. I think the sales really started to slow down. Some people are thinking that it could be more if it got stronger Japanese support, but I feel like the PlayStation 4 has gotten a lot of strong Japanese support, and, at least high-profile Japanese yeah, support. Yeah, and it's, and it's good, too, because that's that niche market that Xbox still really doesn't have. Yeah, and it's exactly why Xbox does so bad there. I want to say it sold like 80 units or eight, maybe 800, but still 800 units. That's in comparison terrible. to the Vita selling, like, actually, Blake's the one who shared this, but I went and looked it up. The Vita sold like 31,000 units in comparison. <laughs> Absolutely. That's terrible. Wild. 
Uh, speaking of which, you know, Sony uh, ended. Uh, we talked about it a while back, but some of the last games that are going to be physical Sony uh, Vita or Sony, but PlayStation Vita games uh, are basically in right now. Sony's finalizing the last orders of physical cartridges. So that means that there will probably be no more limited run games for Vita games, which is sad. Yeah, and I noticed that the only Vita game on the drop this week is a crossplay game or cross buy. So it's not it's it's Yeah, Vita, no man, Vita Vita it's, it's, it's funny. Even in the year since we were saying, you know, you've seen all year, every month is getting less and less Vita releases and with games that feel like perfect fits. So it really just I think that the the market's where it's at and they're kinda of like, Well, it's it's not worth putting the time and trouble into trying to make yeah. the games run on Vita. That makes sense. Uh, just because for a too small of a market, because I think that they see, and and we've said it before, but I think that really a lot of people who are very avid Vita lovers have moved to the switch. And yeah. I don't think that's really an unfair thing to say because the, the Vita well was starting to dry up. So it's easier to jump ship to something that has a constant new stream of games, but still fulfills that handheld need for you. So, uh, let's see. Dark Souls Trilogy announced for PS4 and Xbox One. The game will be limited in physical form. Pre-order is recommended if you want to pick that up. Uh, it will feature a steelbook case, and it will be available October 19th for $79.99. I don't feel like that's an extremely unreasonable price, uh, but I don't know why in my mind I wanted it to be a little cheaper. But, yeah, steelbook's cool. Looks really good. You going to try and pick that up, or are you just going to stay with what you have since you have them all three anyway? <sighs> that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I... I at this point, like I may trade in, trade in the three and just get this. Well, the two is on on my PS4. Oh, okay. So what I'll probably end up doing is trading in three and one, and then just getting them for the display sake. But then again, on my Dark Souls shelf, to have all of them out is also another thing that looks kind of cool. I just got to get the second one physical, or, case. or at least yeah, physical or yeah, not even the game, just a physical case for it. Go hit, to GameStop. Hit my, I'll say hit my boys up at GameStop. Be like, hey, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a good one. The third uh, beta update to version 6.0 beta finally brings a welcome and often requested, definitely by Saul and I, um, feature to the PS4. The search function in the store now uses a traditional keyboard and a refined search engine that better handles your searches. So basically, uh, I went on and tested it because I was accepted to the beta at the beginning of the month, but because they said there wasn't going to be anything new on it, I was like, well, I don't really know that I care to mess with it. Uh, but then when they did this update, I instantly went home, pulled up my email that had the information in it, went, and I was like, okay, here we go. Downloaded it, installed it, pulled up the store. Dude, it is amazing. Being able to type exactly what you want for the first time on the console in forever, since you know, PlayStation 4 has literally had this since launch. It's such a bad design. It feels so good. And the first thing I noticed, like, you know how we were talking about before, that you would start typing in like TH, and it'd be trying to give you like a TH at the end of a word? Yeah. That's gone. Yeah, if you type in a word... Gosh. Now, if you type in a word, and the game has that word in his name, it'll, go, it'll put it in like order of where it's at in the wording. So it was like, uh, if I typed in... Um, if I, I, I'm trying to think of game names, but if I, if I typed in hell, it'd be like... Hell Risers or whatever as the first game, even though it's not a real game. Uh, and then the next game would be like uh, Shadows of Hell. Okay, so it'd be like, like Hellblade, then Hell Divers. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, well, that's... actually, I don't know if it was like that. I'm thinking of more like the placement's different. It may have been like that. I didn't type in Hell. I can't remember what I typed in. But basically, it'd be like Hellblade, Hell, Diver, Hell Divers because they start with Hell. And then after that, it would start showing word uh, games that have it as a second or third or fourth word. So it's still in the name of the game instead of trying to do that thing where you type in TH and it's trying to give you something that just ends with TH, which is dumb and a really bad system. It's, uh, yeah. They cleaned it up and far less games come up. You only have like four or five games shown. So there's a screenshot that was shared if you want to check it out. Um, 
I think it was on Reset Era initially, or maybe even Tumblr. I mean, not Tumblr. <laughs> um, Reddit. And it was really interesting looking. Um, so whenever I went and did it, I was like, this is great. It's exactly what I wanted. It shows you like five games that all include the word. It's nothing where it's trying to sell you other stuff. Or what we presume to be trying to sell you other stuff. We, me and Ryan were talking about that. Where it seems like, I almost wonder if PlayStation was doing that as some form of like a deal they do with with games to get like a timed exclusivity or exclusivity on the consoles. Like, well, we'll give you a uh, store, you know, um, promotion before the game comes out. And then after the game comes out, we'll give you search engine priority to where when people type in stuff, we'll just, we'll bring it up depending on what they type as long as it is based off of some keyword. I, I assume it was like a keyword it's, system. Yeah, it's like a marketing muddy area. Almost like a tag. Like, they tag it. We're like, well, if the person looks up this game, they'd be interested in this game, so we're going to do that. It was very weird. I didn't like the way that it was set up, but uh, I love the new one. That is great. Uh, Next two things, and these are the last two things, is that God of War New Game Plus went live this past week, and it's actually updated again, I assume, for small bug fixes. Uh, So if you want an excuse to dive back into that game and play it again, you definitely have one now. It has uh, new enemies, new gear, uh, and uh, so much more. It's it's a well-thought-out New Game Plus, which is exactly what I wanted, so that's cool to hear. And lastly, Hollow Knight is coming to PS4 physically and digitally in spring of 2019. If you play on Xbox, it's also coming to Xbox. Uh, So it's going to be on all consoles. That's really cool. Because the game was originally meant to be PC only, but the, the game got enough hype that I'm really excited about that. So well, I will finally get to play Hollow Knight. Yeah, I'll say well-deserved hype. Yeah, game Spring's not bad. That gives me time nah. to kind of take a break from all these crazy Metroidvanias, and then by the time I get around to playing it, it won't be so bad. Right. I, I'll, have, I'll have had to detox from all these, and it'll feel fun to go into another Metroidvania. So that's cool. That's true. Good to hear. So, Saul, we will move into reader mail, and then we will get into the main topic, which is a, a pretty interesting one, actually. Sure. So, Jump in, uh, do our Twitter ones, and I'll pull one from the Facebook. Oh, I thought the one from Facebook was the main, since it is the main topic. We're going to use that to lead in. I mean, sure, but that's also don't want the main topic to be the question. I try not to do that. Oh, it's we, gonna be we three, normally do that. I think so. I thought we did three questions, and then the last one will be a question that was basically became the main topic. So that's how I'm going to do it. Oh, okay. We'll do three questions, and then the question that led to the main topic. Even though the main topic is there regardless of the question. I think it's a good main topic. Yeah, so thank you, Blake, for that. Uh, uh, Josh, actually. Shoop. Oh, whoops, yep. Josh Shoop. But Blake was talking about it as well. But Josh, Yeah, he was uh, the one that I was talking to so about. So both of you, think both of you. <laughs> For those that don't know, Reader Mail is a segment we do every show where we take three questions from Twitter, one question from Facebook, and we answer them live on air. You can always find our Reader Mail tweets and posts on Facebook every Wednesday and Friday. And all, all it is is just asking us a question on uh, what I you want to I guess I should know. say it's not always going to have to be two in one. I, got, I think it's just whatever questions we like more. You know, because if there's if there's two great questions, like we always want to at least have one from the opposing platform. Oh yeah, so yeah. And it may be two episode, two ones from Facebook and one from Twitter on one episode. But go ahead. Yeah, that could, that I mean, yeah, that works. Um, but uh, if you don't hear your question answered on the show, even though you asked one, don't worry because the first Friday of every month we have a reader mail episode dedicated to nothing but questions that we have not answered yet. So you will always have a question answered. To start off this episode, Mr. Richard wants to know the same thing he's known as the past couple of weeks. It's a little different. He says, what get, what are your guys' favorite PS Vita memories? So following suit with the PS3, PS1. You were late to the game. What? In terms of PS. I, I get what you're saying there, but following suit with his questions, you're also following suit in that you did not get a Vita near launch. It wasn't far after. When did you get your Vita? 2013? Did you get Seth's Vita? No. You Seth didn't own? have a Vita. I had a Vita before Seth did. 
Oh man, I completely ruined in my mind. I don't remember you having a Vita prior to that. I remember you having a PSP. Even no, though, even I had, a Vita, Vita, I had a Vita before Seth got one. I mean, that's fine, but I, I definitely didn't think that. Yeah. But I know that you still had a modded PSP before you even had a Vita. Right. And that was after Vita had launched. Yes. So I, I had a that Vita. That sounds about right, because I think Vita launched in 2012, right? I'm trying to think, yeah. And I, 3DS was 2011. That sounds about right. I think so, yeah, because I had a Vita for a, almost a solid six months before I moved out of my uh, my old house into my first apartment, and then I sold it like the second year before we moved out of my first apartment. Okay. Um, well, go ahead. What, what's your favorite memories? That's a good question. Because I, I have I, I, a few. I don't <laughs> think like... Uh, and he doesn't say games, so he's just talking about memories with the console. And I want to kind of stick yeah, with that. Yeah, but it that. can be games too. My memories are always actually, f- they're free of games. Sometimes games get tied into it, but it's always more about the experience around it, not the game itself. You know yeah. what I mean? So like when we were talking about Skyrim and me and Blaze yelling at each other, it's memorable not because of how great Skyrim was, and it was. It was because it was fun. Like me and Blaze were both yelling at each other. It was like the experience around the entirety of it. Right. Um. So let me think. Like, I always remember like getting the... um. Actually, you should know when I got my Vita. I got my Vita so far back, you were working at these Texas side GameStop. I never worked at Texas side GameStop. You were working there one day. I, I literally never worked there. I worked maybe, at the mall. Maybe, that's, well, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, I guess. Texas side GameStop to me is one in front of Walmart on Texas side. I don't ever go to that one. Me I've either. only ever been to that one with you. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you used to shop there when you lived at the old house. Yeah, well, when I when I worked at... Because it was you know closer to my way home. Right, so, yeah. I got you. Um... You even put on my screen protector. <laughs> do you not I remember? I do remember that. Exactly. Now. I was I like, that. it, that's how far it's been. I didn't have, I was an early adopter, not the earliest, but yeah. I got one not uh, too soon after the launch. End of the first year, maybe? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to think, like, wh- is there a, a solid moment of just my favorite out of all of them? I don't, well, why don't I don't you go th- ahead and I'll, I'll think of it. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, basically, no, you go ahead. I mean, I'm, you go ahead and think about it. <laughs> um, mine are all tied up into actually getting the system. So I think I may have mentioned this before, but the Vita was the first PlayStation system that I ever got launch day. Uh, and actually, because of the way I did it, and I mentioned this on, it, it goes into another question, I think. Are we going to answer Ryan's question? Yeah, Ryan's question is going to be the second one. So it's basically going to go into that, too. Uh, so you, it'll make sense there, too. But uh, we'll, we'll get back into that. I got, me and Blaze both actually, got the week, it's called the first edition bundle. You got the system a week early. The one that people sued over. It came with that great, uh, and I still have that Vita, and I have the carrying case on it. No. I love that carrying case. No, the sleeve was better. Huh? No, that dude, in terms of quality, that's way better. No. Now, I have the sleeve on my Slim. It's more useful. Didn't you have to pay like 40 bucks for it? Because $4 on eBay. For that, was it for that, okay? And it's a Vita sleeve. I think it, it was looks, me just that, like the PSP one. I think it was me that literally was going to buy one off of like Amazon or somewhere for forty dollars. So I couldn't find yeah, it. Yeah, no, not that one is honestly a better. It's better for travel. It, it, I mean, it holds and protects the system better. It has game slots in it, and you can put your charger in it. I mean, it's really a better case, and it's very well quality. Uh, I love that case. Anyway, uh, the memory around it is that because it was the first console I ever got on launch day. They didn't do a midnight for it. Instead, what they did was like a super early opening for it uh, for that day because of the way, because it wasn't a full launch of the system. It was only people who pre-ordered the first edition bundle. Gotcha. So they opened like an hour or two early at GameStop. I was working midnight shifts at the hospital at the time, and I literally got off. It came out on a Monday. 
as weird as that was. Wow, uh, that yeah, is really weird. Monday, so I got off of work technically Monday morning. I worked over Sunday night shift. I got off Monday morning. I came back home and slept because I got off at 7, and I slept until 9 when GameStop opened an hour early. Back then. Uh, back then. I think that, I think they still open at 10 now. Oh, wait. Yeah, so they anyway, open at 10. Uh, it was like 9 or 8. Anyway, I slept for like 30 minutes an hour before getting back up and going there, and I was exhausted. I didn't sleep at all. I only, except for that little like cat nap, that's all I did. And then I went, got the system, came back here. I was in college at the time, too. Uh, came back here, literally played Uncharted Golden Abyss from the moment that I got home all the way until I had to go to class. Brought my Vita with me to class, played it in class, got done. <laughs> went to, um, I was, I went to one of my classmates' house to help her with one of her, we had basically a double thing that we had to do a, a group project on and I brought it over there and we did the group project like super quick and then I just sat there playing Uncharted. It was, I was like, I have a problem. But it was incredibly fun and because I was so hyped for Uncharted because of how crazy it looks for a handheld game and it still looks beautiful for a handheld game realistically. I mean, of course, the Switch has pushed that line a lot. Yeah. Also, way newer hardware. That's true. Um, but still, uh, it was so beautiful and so fun that she didn't even game, but she was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's awesome. And that was just a cool memory. One of my other cool memories for it, oh. and again, this is actually tied more around the idea of the system and everything. I remember Gamescom like 2013 or 2014 one. I think it was 2013 when they announced Tearaway and Killzone Liberation at Gamescom. And I was like, head over heels because Killzone looked ridiculous for the console. Uh, and that was after... Resistance was kind of lackluster, and Call of Duty was really bad. Oh, actually, I, you just made me think I'm on. Huh. Well, there you go. No, yeah, go ahead and finish that. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, it's fine. That's pretty much it. I just remember being like, oh, man, that's so crazy. I have a lot of good memories with the PlayStation Vita in general. I mean, there's a lot of weird games that I just discovered because I just was like, well, I'm looking for something to play on my Vita. Why not? And I stumbled across, I mean, like, stumbled across, excuse me, Guacamelee. Yeah. And found a love in that. That's why I got Guacamelee 2. Uh, I, I, it was home to a lot of firsts for me. I play. I mean, you know, games that I could have played elsewhere, but I just played there because I wanted to. Uh, I played uh, um, Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time on Vita because it was a cross-buy title for PS3. And even though the game looked way better on PS3, it just felt good playing it on Vita. So I beat the, played and beat the entire thing on there. And I just loved the ability to do that. I sat in my room in front of my TV that I could have easily been playing the game on and just played the game in my papa's on chair. Just playing yeah. away. I loved it. So it's a great system. And I have a lot of fond memories that I'll probably always... Just, I don't think I, it's like the PSP. I have a ton of fond memories of the PSP because handheld systems are just so different because you get to experience them when you're going around. So it's like, oh, I took it somewhere with me. You know, it's like some of my favorite PSP memories are in class whenever I was in high school. As weird as that is, I was playing Crisis Core and speech. Uh, what, what, what was it called? Public relate, whatever public speech class where you had to. It's Miss Young. Yeah, you had to, wasn't it oral communications? Yeah, oral communications. That's what it was called. I played that dude all the time in there. <laughs> so me and me and Seth both did. Uh, go ahead. But uh, figure yours out. Yeah, it, it was playing the Killzone like demo beta thing they had, where it was just that one multiplayer map. I played that for crazy hours, dude. Hours upon hours upon hours. Upon that was hours. another one of those times where it was very much like the Uncharted. Like when they showed it, I was like, no way. And then when I played the beta, I was like, are you kidding me? 
how does this look this good? Yeah, and I'm trying to And think. it felt just like Killzone because I loved I love Killzone 3. I played online like massively. I, lo- I, I love Killzone 2, but not as much as 3 in terms of the multiplayer. So I had a ton of time under my belt uh, for Killzone 3. So moving that experience over into the Vita felt amazing. I was like, man, this is this is to show you what the system could do. And it's so sad that Sony didn't push that further. Right. Because I still feel like the Vita could have had an even more graphically like profound game if, if Sony just would have been like, we're going to really focus on this. But alas. And um, yeah, it was just playing that constantly. It was super fun. And uh, it was also kind of fun to play Gravity Rush whenever I moved into my brand new apartments because uh, when I moved, it was the first time moving out of my own. I was anxious. So like that helped kind of like not calm me down because it wasn't that anxious. But you had something to take your mind off. Yeah, but it was something to kind of keep me busy. Um, I feel but let's see here. Since my brand new laptop wants to mess up with the Wi-Fi, it's, it's about to get returned slash exchanged. Um, we have another question up today, and that's Ryan. And he says, why the F does the Division 2 have so many different editions? I think that's a big problem in my head. I hate it. It's, it should, it's a thing that just should not happen. So my problem with it goes deeper than the fact that there is that many editions. It's that the editions have a bunch of really dumb, like... Oh, well, if you do this, you're going to get this. And I just really don't get it. So what I was talking about with the PS Vita that's going to come back into this question is that I got the system a week early and was able to buy games a week early and play them. That was cool. It, yeah. it was. But even though that benefited me, ultimately, why didn't they just release the system for everybody? It, it ultimately doesn't make sense. So my biggest problem with the multiple editions is that most of the companies um, – Square Enix and Ubisoft for sure are doing not only like eight editions so that you get the deluxe edition, the digital deluxe edition, which that's normal. But then you have like the, the digital collector's edition and it's like, okay, you're going a little crazy there. And it just keeps going up and you, you should look up what are the shadow of the tomb Raider ones? Cause I mean, literally it blew my mind when I saw them. I couldn't believe probably that three that or four at least. No, no, no. There was more than that. They had this, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. They had this like graphic that was like a dial, uh, and it showed all the additions on it. And I was like, what is this? This is so ridiculous. I think this is it. Hold on. Look at this, Saul. I'm hoping this has the picture I saw because it was literally the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Because, I mean, Cause, as, okay, especially so in games that have multiplayer. It was, it was standard, digital, digital deluxe, Croft edition, collector's edition, all these different ones. I thought, this is ridiculous. Who in the world cares about this? It's, and now you're getting the same thing with... Uh, so I don't know if it did it on this one. In terms of, yeah, 48-hour early access to the full game. Same thing. And yeah, that's like, what's going on with The Division. They're doing it to where if you buy a slightly more expensive version, you get access to the game early. Why? I don't understand. Like, it just doesn't make sense that it just, they keep doing this. Like, there's no point. Definitely on games that are supposed to be online. Why would you want to play The Division? With not that many with a people. a smaller group of yeah. people. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense at what all. What if your friend was like, well, I couldn't afford the extra. So now I can't play with you until you, unlo- so why would I even play until the game actually released? Yeah. I just, I personally think it's ridiculous. And it's, it, I get it from a business standpoint. They're trying to find whatever way they can to maximize profits. They can include some stupid thing. Giving you the game 48 hours early costs them literally nothing, I bet. But they're going to make $20 more off you because of it. Yep. And it's just two more days, dude. Just literally. And like literally, two you're going, more and days. they do some other stuff in there. Probably like a dynamic theme or something ridiculous, right? Something who, that has who, no who real value. But yeah, something that was easy. Like no to, monetary value. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's. It's weird to me that that is like, okay, another thing. Giving you the game soundtrack digitally, okay? 
that's already in the game. If I really wanted to, I can go around that. That's fine. It doesn't matter if they're doing that, but it's, it's not a lot of work for them. It's not something that's physical. When they give you a physical soundtrack like some do, I get it because they have to pay for that to be yeah. mastered and whatnot. And but a lot of the time they're digital, and that's fine. It's cool that you can get them because, I mean, like I would love to. I mean, I do, but, you know, having the near Automata soundtrack on me is awesome, right? Right. I had the Tales of uh, Zillia, the collector's edition I got with that, uh, or the deluxe edition, whatever it was. It came with a physical copy of the game soundtrack, which was good. I had it in my car at some point where I was just rolling through listening to it. But there gets a point where I, I don't understand what you are realistically doing with these different values or these different additions. And all it stands to do is just frustrate people because they don't know which one to get. They don't know if they need to get it 48 hours early because their friends are getting it. It requires way more talk, and it creates a lot of disparity for no real reason. It really doesn't make sense to me in online-based games. Tomb Raider is a little different because you're just getting a, access to the story right. 48 hours early, but I still think it's ultimately dumb. I still, yeah. it, even, though it, like, even though it could benefit me if I wanted to do it, it's ultimately – I just think it's a weird exercise. Why would you even go that route outside of trying to penny pinch? And I get the games – like we say all the time, games are more expensive than ever to make. They just are. But these moves just – these moves seem not anti-consumer because I really don't like that word anyway. Because I mean, we're we're consumers. We're supposed to pay for stuff. Realistically, I just don't. I, I see no real value being given there. I don't want them to waste all these different additions trying to give me a bunch of stuff that ultimately has no physical or monetary value. Instead, why not just do a standard, a standard, a digital, and then a collector's edition? I mean, a collector's edition gives you something physical for the extra money that you're giving. That makes sense. I don't want to see you wasting time. Another thing that I want to get over to, talking about games that have too many editions, and I did it again, so it goes to show, I mean, I was part of it, but I have uh, two, and you can't see the other one now, it's moved. They used to be both in frame. But there was two different collector's editions, uh, and this has been for a number of games now, but for the Order 1886, I bought both of them and then sold the, sold the second copy of the game so I could just get the statue because I knew I wouldn't be able to get it elsewhere. But why? Why not just do one collector's edition? Why do you need two collector's editions? That's ridiculous to me. But, alas, I'm trying to think, of, I think it was Assassin's Creed that did it. Last year, there was multiple Assassin's Creed collector's editions, depending on which one you Probably want. Probably so. And Call of Duty does the same thing. And There's I, always the hardened veteran and then whatever else they get. Like, the veteran is always the prestige, I think, is the highest one, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's different every year, so it's kind of hard to I don't know. I don't agree with it. I think it's a ridiculous thing. I know that Ryan's like, uh, about it, too. I'd be interested. Any of y'all who are listening to this, let us know. Do you care? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm ultimately saying it's not the worst thing in the world. I just don't really see a, a serious need for it. And since they can't show me a serious need for it, that, or at least that I can perceive, maybe it's, maybe it's the values of how I game. I don't think that somebody should be paying. I don't think that you should force somebody to pay $20 more, and you're not forcing them. I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. But that's a, such a weird way to incentivize someone, incentivize someone to give you $20 more just because you're like, well, you can play the game 48 hours before everyone else that you know. Yeah. Unless and, they do it too, which again... <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird. Yeah, unless you're just going to be hardcore playing for the next 48 hours and you can actually level up. I just feel um, like you're diluting the waters for no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and it's for 20, bar, 20 more bucks, dude, for 20, or for 48 hours. It's not worth it to me. Um, but our last question from Twitter comes up from Mr. Sean One Neo. He wants to Hold go. Up. Facebook question. Why can't we just do all those Twitter questions and move to Facebook? It's much more uniform. Because we still have, we've already done two Twitter questions. 
Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, okay, well, then, Mr. Silent Neo, the question you have answered or asked is going to be answered. No, we're doing it. We're doing a fourth because you already said Sean's name, and I want to make him happy. So you, what's Sean's question? You're the one that took Give me it away. To me. It's one we've answered a little bit before, and he said that uh, he wasn't sure if he has heard us answer, but he wants to know what we do for a living. Oh, yeah. I am in retail pharmacy, and Brett is in office supplies. Yeah, I got in a promotion. Yeah, I'm, 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 in office, to... I'm in office furniture sales now. I was office furniture logistics. And I'm about to have myself a good, a good old promotion too if everything goes as well and uh we make a little bit more money yeah yeah but uh now we can go now we can go ahead and go on to the twitter question sorry for sean i didn't try to brush it off but brett sure did hey you know what i gave him his answer we love you sean we do (laughs) uh i'm glad to see you're still using the banner i made you on twitter my boy (laughs) yeah surprised all so much anyway uh let's see uh, Mr. Corey Crash says, I remember now because he didn't remember his question at first, uh, another two-parter and I'll give it to him because the, the question is really one thought, which is how long must a game be released before it can be considered retro, which is a great question and a yeah. really interesting one. Uh, and then following up to that, what's your favorite retro game? So I guess, you know, he's saying before we can really answer what's our, what's our favorite retro game, we have to define what retro is. And I think that this is interesting to me because I think that there's levels of retro, right? Right. Because I think I know people who are, oh, well, I'm a retro purist. And even though they consider themselves a retro purist, they still only go as far as back as like NES. Then you have the people who are like, well, I'm a real purist. And I go all the way back to the, you know, Atari Magnavox, 2600. The, the Magnavox TV box, whatever it was, and the Atari 2600. Yeah. So I think that there has to be technology has made very weird things, right? So I think, Saul, I'm curious if you agree with me. I think that even though PS2 went further with some games that are yearly iterations going all the way up until like 2011, like the last PS2 FIFA game was like 2011. Yeah. Uh, But I would say that for the most part, everything on the PS2 and that generation, I would consider to be retro by now. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say PS2. Because I feel like... Because I look at the Nintendo PS, 64... PS3 is too soon. I, I look at... Way too soon. I look at... And, and honestly, PS2 is reaching that point. Well, because PS2 continued with PS3, but the technology yeah. wasn't there. So in a way, the games aren't necessarily Actually, you know, all I'm gonna, retro. I'm going to draw the line at PS1. PS1, Nintendo 64 on is retro. So anything newer. So anything... Well, see, I would say 32 bits, but the Nintendo 64 is the same generation as PlayStation 1. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to call it PlayStation 1, Nintendo 64 era. Down is all retro. And then PS2. I, I just feel like, cause man, the reason I say that is like if you really think about, and definitely if you think about how old they are and the, and the, the design philosophy they used going into Oh, them, no, 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 yeah. There's some, there's some PS2 games that are, when I think of them, I'm like, that's a retro game in my heart. Except there's also PS2 games that are like, dang, this looks so good that yeah, this is yeah, not a retro that's game. That's why it's it's a flip side thing. But the reason I want to say the retro is in my mind, the line I wanted to draw is the technological line of the of the truly online systems moving forward and the huge jump, right, that you realistically saw between PS2 and PS3. Right. And what that really did. So I think that when you think about the technological jump that was given uh, from online access and Blu-ray and what Blu-ray was able to do and what the PlayStation 3 was able to do, I remember playing uh, MotorStorm on PlayStation 3 when it was like, you know, not long after it came out. I didn't have to wait long to get a PS3, thankfully. Um, and being blown away by the level of detail. Uh, and I think that to some extent, you know, you don't want to say a retro game is just based off of the 
the technology pushing it to an extent, but in a way it feels like it. Cause you can't just say it's based off the nature of the game necessarily. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. in, in that sense, Death Gambit could easily be considered a retro game, right? which is not really a fair representation, no. even though Death Gambit is trying to capture a newer game, but in a retro style. Oh yeah, no, it does it well for so, sure. It's definitely, it goes both ways, and, but I, I think that in my, in my mind, I want to make the, the triangle squared stance though. I can, if you can't agree with PS2, I am willing to meet you at PS1. I think, yeah, it's a good I think PS1 is like, I mean, when you just think about it in terms of a PS1, Nintendo 64, no game on those systems. Well, look, Dreamcast, Dreamcast deserves to be in there because Dreamcast oh, yeah, is technically yeah. PS2 gen, but it was so short lived and it was still CD that I'm going to consider so, that. And it was already failing when the PS1 that's a good launched. PS2 launched. Yeah, that's a good in-between that, That's So that's where we'll, our meeting ground will be. Right, yeah, I can go uh, with that. And that's interesting, too, because that system actually had quite a bit of online functionality in comparison to the other systems. Which, yeah, which is actually crazy because... Had, there, a, had a browser. Yeah. You and, had to insert a disc to use it. Yeah, they had a browser. Oh, man, I forgot about the internet browser on the disc. And the Dreamcast is Didn't the PS2 re- have that, too? No. Are uh, you sure? Positive, it didn't. The Xbox might have. I never had an Xbox, so I can't say. That might be what I'm thinking of. Um, but the reason I say Xbox might have is that the Xbox, the original Xbox, was actually almost a direct result of the Dreamcast. And Microsoft working with Sega on the Dreamcast. It's what got them into wanting to make a console. And they used the, the foundation they set up with Windows ME or whatever the hell it was on the Dreamcast. It may not have been ME. It's a very interesting setup. See, I, I know, I, I, maybe I just had a dream about. Maybe it. it was, man. I never saw it. I, but we, I still have the the internet browser disc for my Dreamcast with my Dreamcast. That may just be what I'm thinking of. It was in a in a case that says internet browser. I actually saw one the last time we went to Game Exchange. It was very funny. So I'm gonna say Dreamcast and back, and then if I want to say my favorite retro game, it's probably gonna be a PS1 game. The more I think of it, because there's ones I fondly remember like Boogerman, and I really do seriously love that game. It's extremely fun. The Be- the Beavis and Butthead Sega game was incredibly fun. But when you think about games that really mattered to me and that like that I played a lot. I, I I don't think it's a crazy thing for me to say that my favorite retro game is actually Crash Bandicoot. Um, just because of what it means to me as a game uh, and what it did for me across the board. But if I want to go with a slightly different answer, uh, I'm going to say that if I had to say the game that I feel like I carry with me in a not, a, not necessarily fun-loving way, even though I think that's obviously a very worthy reason to have something carry with you like Crash Bandicoot. Um, this is going to sound kind of weird. I really like, really liked Chrono Cross. Ooh, yeah. Like, massively. I am of the weird, small group of people that thought Chrono Cross was better than Chrono Trigger. Now, I don't agree with you there. Maybe. I don't know, because I I don't have a problem with 2D games. So it's not that. I don't know what it is that makes me like Chrono Cross more. If it's the characters that I think are just cooler and better. Oh, no. You know what, what it may be? And I, and I haven't played Chrono Cross in probably 10 years now. I, I did. Well, no, it's been probably seven years. I have it on PlayStation 3, uh, you know, the PS1 version of it. Um, oh, okay, yeah. yeah you know, you the digital them. download. Yeah. Um, I, thought, I was like, did they, well, they And the game still holds up. But you know what I, want, I, what I think it may be is that, you know, you carry, you know, some, some things impact you in such a way that you honestly just will always remember them that way. Yeah. And Chrono Cross was one of the earliest examples of a game that when I put it into my PS1, I was like, what? Well, and it's probably the same thing that Dark Souls 2 does to me, which I remember it better than it was, even though it's still not a bad game. And I once compared it to something better in the series, when in reality it just wasn't. 
Yeah, but until and, I went and, back. You, when you go through different lenses, see, if I went back to Chrono Cross now, I may feel differently about it. Uh, but the last time I played through it, I didn't beat it to be fair. But I got pretty far on PS3. I should go back and, and see where I'm at and see if it's enough for me to just carry on uh, and not feel like I need to restart. Um, but I don't know. I really think that that game was cool, but it it was the first game I played on PlayStation 1 that had like a profound, like, I can't believe the game looks this good. Like, it, it's insane to me that this game could look this good on this hardware. Because, you know, you play other games, like, I went directly from Sega Genesis, which, don't get me wrong, was a cool console. And it was, And it's yeah. on the right, had a lot of stuff. But when you go to PlayStation, like, even Crash Bandicoot, for as good as it looks, uh, it's it's a simple good looking yeah. it's not meant to be a big scale and it doesn't have like these sprawling monsters and these very human characters that while they don't look the same today Chrono Cross was like really technologically groundbreaking and Legend of Dragoon des- deserves to be in that discussion um, but I've never played Legend of Dragoon again off of the PlayStation 1 I've really seriously thought about buying it on, on PlayStation 3 and just playing through it all over again because I think the game's interesting but Saul what are yours? Mm. That's kind of a hard question going back to PS1. I feel like yours is going to be a Nintendo game. It is, because, I mean, there was uh, the bicycle racing game that I can't remember on PS1 that was really good that I play every time I we went to our cousin's house. Boy, if we're talking about fun, I also have very fond memories of Dave Mira's BMX. No, no, no. It was like a bike racing <laughs> I know, but, game. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 deserves to be in that conversation as well. Yeah. But my point being is that those are just like, I carry them with me in very different ways. So, I don't know, man. Say your favorite retro game, they all mean something different to you because of different how, how far are we going back? Just in t- as far as you all, want. In, I, honestly feel, I honestly feel like yours may be a link to the past. It is. Yeah, that's all I'm just sitting here debating in my head. Is it a link to the past? I'm trying to think of what other game in my mind that I know that you love that's a retro game would compete with it seriously. I don't, I don't even know if I can think of it. Chrono Trigger. The, the game I just I didn't crap on. Chrono Trigger is a great game. Yeah, I was gonna say that's 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 honestly a contender. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that is just seeping in the back of my mind. I'm not thinking of I, Adam's he, Family on Super Nintendo. Good game. <laughs> okay. But uh, why don't we go ahead and move on to the main topic? All right, main topic comes from Blake's mentions, of course, and I know that this is how Josh discovered this, but he did actually ask us on Facebook thoughts on this article. Do you think PlayStation f- should follow suit? So basically. What this is, is that there's this rumored, currently, and I don't think it's been confirmed yet, uh, this rumored thing that is going to be going on with Xbox called Xbox All Access. So to give you an idea of basically what it is, it's going to be a subscription for not only a, a online service, like most of their subscriptions are, it's actually going to be a subscription that includes a console. So basically what it is, is consoles going even further, because the mid-gen refresh that we saw this generation is already the idea of a cell phone, right? Well, we're, okay, we have our iPhone 4. We're going to do a refresh of it where we're going to kind of keep the similar idea, but we're going to iterate on it and make it better. So like iPhone does with the S models and like um, OnePlus does with the T models, like yeah. the 5T and, and instead of the 5. It takes the same hardware, maybe a small hardware bump, and then it just puts it in either a different form factor and changes the display and stuff like that to make a similar but ultimately better experience. Um, and I think that, what makes this interesting is that at one point in time, cell phones have moved in such a weird way, and I feel like considering that cell phones were at one point in time the death of the console in so many people's minds, yeah, it's it's odd to see them mimicking phones, in my opinion. So like with this, they're basically saying that 
for one subscription cost, you will get, and I want to make sure I'm doing this right, you will get Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, and one of their consoles for a certain amount of month. Now, nobody necessarily knows. I don't think that there's rumored prices on here. Well, oh, there to, is. There is. Yeah, okay. I'll say 35 so, for the one. This says, and this is an article that's on uh, windowscentral.com. So it says, customers will be able to pay around $22 per month and net themselves an Xbox One S, Xbox Live, and Xbox Game Pass for two years. And the the idea behind this is at the end of the two years, you own the console. That's interesting. It is. It is interesting. And then the the flip side of that is $35 a month will get you uh, Xbox Live, Xbox Game Pass, and Xbox One X. Now, some people have done the math in weird ways and said, oh, well, you're getting it for this much, this much, and you're saving this much if you do this. Uh, And I will say it's a guaranteed sale for them, and not only on the console, but also on their live services, which is smart for them. And that... In that side of things, so math is definitely off here because if you're paying thirty five a month for twenty four months, that's yeah, no, no, you're paying eight hundred forty. But the reason, and that's why I say people, and Blake is part of this, and I get what he's saying. If you were paying for each of them alone on a monthly basis, like if you take the console out of the equation and you just paid for Xbox Live one month and you paid for Xbox Game Pass one month, there is no way to stack Game Pass. It's ten dollars a month. You can't get. A year of Game Pass. Oh, okay. For 60, yeah. So you know it's, I mean? it's one hundred and twenty dollars a year. Yeah. So no, no matter, matter what. what you do, it's one hundred and twenty dollars a year. Uh, so what he's saying is basically, you just said it's eight hundred and forty, right? Right. If you have, if you bought a console, the Xbox One X, technically, if you if you if you're putting this together with tax, it'd be a little different. But if you bought an Xbox One X for five hundred, and then you bought uh, two years, so the same amount of time of Game Pass, that's two hundred. That's a uh, two hundred and forty dollars. For Game Pass, and that's five hundred dollars for the system. You're at seven forty, so you said eight forty, right? Yes. You're a hundred dollars over the other one, but you're still getting Xbox Live that entire time. But here's the thing about Xbox Live: it's only sixty dollars a year. So sixty sixty is one twenty. You technically are saving a little bit of money. Yeah, it's it looks like it's twenty. Not bucks. massive, and that's also not accounting for tax because if you account for tax on buying the console outright, you'd be paying More. depending on where you're at, anywhere from forty to sixty to uh, forty to fifty dollars right. in tax and, uh, for uh, the console itself. This is twenty bucks more at, at the end is everything said done if you were to uh, which makes way more sense because you know when people are trying to use this math that in, that concludes that you'll be saving so much more than if you bought all these individually. That math is skewed towards trying to, and I mean, I get it. It's because in your mind, that is a real opportunity and real like, oh man, this is technically what this means, but it's skewing it towards trying to make it look even better than it actually is. Whereas opposed to if you were to actually minimize these things and buy them the smartest way, because what you're basically doing here is saying, which one's the cheapest of the two. So if you go the cheapest route you possibly can and buying all these things up front, right? You would get an Xbox one X for, you can't do anything unless you catch it on sale. So we're just going to say it's $500. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna say five forty with tax, because uh, that's pretty accurate. It'd be five fifty here because we have a ridiculous tax rate. Yeah, ten um, percent. Yeah, but so if you think about that, it'd be five forty, and then you buy two years of Xbox Live, which you can minim- you can get at sixty dollars a year, uh, and which minimizes that cost. So when we say that, the difference is only twenty bucks. So when you think about what that really means, this makes sense to give people a way to pay for it every month. This makes sense to do it in a way that saves a very small amount of money, but technically amount of money over just buying everything outright in the cheapest possible way that you can. And you get all that's cool. And you get everything about Xbox in that package too. Yeah. And, and I think that that 
makes sense for Xbox because of the fact that they're making themselves more of a platform than a console manufacturer. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, PlayStation 4 is a platform, but PlayStation's not a platform. You know what I mean? Yeah, where Xbox is. Yeah, now. Xbox is across. You can get Xbox on your computer. You can technically get a form of PlayStation on PC with now, uh, but it's far from what you would consider a great you can get, experience. I mean, you can do Xbox on Switch. That's how you. That's how you. You have to sign in your Microsoft well, account. Well, yeah, Switch. but you're not actually using. I get what you mean in that sense. Yeah, you're using but, your Microsoft account. Yeah, so but it's not. It, you can't play games on it. No, and you no, 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 so, no, no, no. And, and that's a little different. So, I mean, I, I'll give you that. Well, I, was, I, I was comparing it to PlayStation that currently yeah, because really you can't use PlayStation anywhere. Yeah, besides PlayStation oh, and, and PC, technically, technically PlayStation now. So, well, that's canceled here in like what six months. They are they canceling it on PC finally? I thought they were. Boy, look that up for me real quick. <laughs> well, on my laptop actually connects to the internet. Hold on, I got you. This thing we're going on, we're getting an exchange. PS now, PC. No, it's still there. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking of something else that I, that was getting. Oh, actually, hold on, that's not that. My, my bad. That was something else. Uh, yeah, but either way, you know, it's the difference between them being a platform. So it, this basically ties into the first part of the question, which is should should PlayStation follow suit? And I think it's complicated. And the reason I say it's complicated is because, like we said, the mass is a little different. Realistically speaking, Xbox is losing a very small amount of money to get you into their ecosystem. Right, right, and I mean very small amount of money. Then if you if you max if you min maxed purchasing this uh, to where you get the most for the for the least amount of money, if you pull that off, you're saving a very small amount of money by doing this, but you're having to pay for it every month. Now the obvious downsides to that because you need to discuss the downsides. The upside is is that you don't have to have that much money up front to do these things. The you can literally if you have a job that you can afford to pay twenty two dollars a month, you get an entire console experience, including all the games that are day one Xbox Game Pass. Um, and then you still get the ability to buy other games that have already been out. So, but realistically speaking, you don't have to buy a single thing. The moment this gets to your house, you already have games to play as long as you have internet. Which, if you have internet, why would you get this if you didn't have internet? You don't need Games Pass or Xbox no, you don't. If you don't have internet. You really the Xbox is still a system that's much more useful on the internet than it is. You still have to turn your Xbox off. You have to turn it on to offline mode if you're gonna play it without internet. That's well, the same for PS4. You don't, but you don't have to turn that off. On Xbox, and now I could be wrong. Please, Blake, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is actually coming from my brother, and I remember this being a thing in the past. Uh, he borrowed his friend's PlayStation, I mean Xbox, who has an Xbox One uh, S, and he borrowed it. He has internet. Trace doesn't. So Trace had to come over here after borrowing it because he realized when he got home that it wasn't put in offline mode. So he can't play any of the games on there. Now, this is digital purchases. I will say that. Right. He can't play any of the digital games without turning the system onto offline mode. On PlayStation, as long as, you're, as long as your system's already been set to be the main system, you can play them. You don't have to tell it to go to offline mode. No. You don't have to be connected. You, I thought you so that's I, a. I'm pretty sure you do. On PlayStation? Yes. No, you don't. As long as you are the, what do they call it? The... Um, primary console as long as you've set it up to be primary console so you, if you disconnect it doesn't matter you don't have to be connected to the internet now on my playstation in there since it's not my primary and this one is if the internet's down i can't play any of my digital games on that system because it, it has to go to online to uh, to grant my um oh lord my licenses uh, if that makes sense so that's only an Xbox thing. Now Xbox may have a way around that. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that system's not updated, but he has internet and he plays online, so it has to be updated. That's what it was. Then you have to be the. I swear, there's an option there that that says like play games offline. 
you don't have to on PlayStation. You don't have to go turn anything illicitly off to play your digital games on it. On Xbox, you have to do that. You that, have to set that might your be system. what it was then. Flipping yeah. like flipping it to primary. All you have to do is make your primary console. You do. You could literally connect to the internet once, buy all the digital games you ever wanted, and then make it your primary PS4. Disconnect, and you'll be able to play them forever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, because it's your primary system. Um, so that has its own thing. Um, but getting more into what what makes this interesting is, like I said, you can literally just buy this if you have internet. You can pay for this. They send you a console. They send you Xbox Live. They send you Game Pass. From the moment you turn the console on, log into all those things, you can go ahead and start downloading Sea of Thieves. Start playing Sea of Thieves right off the bat. You can go ahead and download Forza Horizon 4, depending on when this goes, if this goes live and when. Uh, you can just, bam, go ahead and start playing a really great racing game, I assume. Uh, sea of Thieves is a fun game. Um, and, you, and if you have other friends that did this with you, bam, yeah, you can play all of it without having to buy anything extra. As soon as it gets to your house, you're good to go. That's great. The obvious downside of this is that you are paying for something monthly. And if you lose the ability to pay for that monthly, you also lose the console. So that was my number one. When, whenever Blake was asking me about it, when he was like, oh, what do you think about this? My number one thing is that I prefer to buy everything outright cash because nobody can take it away from me when I'm done. And it gives me the ability to sell it whenever I decide that I need to, if, if I need to. Uh, it gives me some sort of an asset, basically, that I can use to sell to make money back. I don't know that you do that a lot, Saul, because I know you're not really one for that. But basically the idea is that you have a PlayStation 4 Pro and I have a PlayStation 4 Pro. Correct. I bought it outright. And it hasn't been two years. So it's... Yeah. Either way, though, it's mine. I own it completely. It is yours. So this actually comes up to what I'm doing right now. So I did get one of the 500 million PlayStation 4s, the the 500 million models, the limited edition ones that they did. It's going to be here Monday. Right now, I currently have my Monster Hunter World PS4 Pro. What I'm going to do, because I don't, I can't justify having two of them for no real reason, when I still also want the Kingdom Hearts one, but it's a little different what I'm doing about, with the Kingdom Hearts one, and then we may not get it. But with that said, my Monster Hunter World one's mine because I bought it outright. So what I'm, what I'm basically attempting to do here is I'm going to get my PlayStation that comes in, I'm going to transfer all my stuff over it, and then I'm going to sell this Monster Hunter World one because it's got value, because it's a collector's edition as well, uh, and try and cover as much of the cost as I possibly can of this new console that I did, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to make up for because that. Because it's mine, and, right? Yes. And I have that ability. You could not do that. If I was paying on it yes. monthly, Which, I, I would lose well, that ability. Well, here's my question, is that how would they... They can't stop you, can they? And how would they? Well, they, you still pay for it. If you sold it, you'd still be paying for it. I guess that is... Does it, does it really point. matter? Yeah, if, if, it you gets stolen, it, if it gets stolen from you... You're still paying for it. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point there too. Because you think about it's this, stolen, it's the same as if you go to Rena Center yeah. and you get a system. If it if it, if it's stolen, well, it's different because it, Rena Center has a, a atrocious. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Don't it's ever super expensive. Ever but I'm saying the idea of how it works is still you're responsible for it. You pay for it, and until you want to take it back, but you pay. For, but that's the thing about rent. A rent uh, you can literally just go buy a TV or rent a TV for one month and then take it back to them. Uh, this, I would assume that you're doing an agreement. Where you're going to pay for it the entire two years. When I say the cell phone model, so me and you don't do it, but I talked to you about Next, and you were like, oh, no, never mind. Is that Next makes you pay for the phone, and it basically becomes your contract. So cell phone services never no longer have a contract. Instead, you're not contracted to the company to use them. You can leave them at any time. But because you're buying this phone through them and paying them monthly for it, you cannot leave them until that phone is completely exactly. paid off. Exactly. And, and worse than that is that it is more yeah but barely to be fair this is actually a better example of it being cheaper but still i imagine it's a con it's i, I imagine it's a contract you well, are going to pay this off 
in the uh, in you can't get you can't. I, I doubt you can get out from under it. And the in now the, what they may do. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Just to get the thought out real quick. Uh, what they may do is the other phone thing. the The thing about Next that people like is that every year with Next, as long as your phone's been kept in good shape, you can send them back the phone and get the new phone coming out. So, like, say you have a Galaxy S8. Right. And you're like, oh, man, the iPhone 10 looks awesome or whatever. I'm going to send this back and get the iPhone 10, and I'll pay more a month for it. And all of what I pay towards this phone goes towards nothing. You know, you're restarting, but you get to get a new phone sooner. Yeah. And still just pay a monthly service like it's a – or a monthly fee like it's a service to you. Because it is, but you're paying towards literally nothing. You're not even paying – at that point, everything you put into that phone is gone. And you're just – Trading it in and getting a new one, but you're getting to do so early because you're giving them the thing of value right. back. And, and, that makes and all sense. they did was profit off of it because now I'm, they can use this as a refurbished phone. I'm curious if Sony does this or if Microsoft does do this is that, uh, like, what's the system going to be where if I do this for, say, an Xbox One X, and then in two years, right before I'm done paying it off, if the new Xbox One XZ or whatever it's going to be called comes out. You know, what? Like, are they going to give me a discount? I mean, not a discount, but they're going to transfer. They may do that. They may be like, oh, well, you can. Or, okay, let's say. A, a year into your two-year plan for a One X, right? You're getting right. a One X, you have a two-year plan. A year into it, they're like, the Xbox Z comes out. And you're like, oh, man. All right, well, can I send this back and then restart all my payments at a higher price for this Xbox Z or whatever the hell it is? You know, Xbox One Z or whatever it's going to be. Uh, but see, that's, a, that's a, again, a problem. Yeah, you get to stay on the, on the cutting edge of technology or the bleeding edge of technology, whatever you want to say. Uh, but you get to stay there, but at an actual cost. Like at that point, if you do that, you're actually starting to cost yourself more, and yeah. ex- and to an extent, because you're you're losing all of the equity you'd put into it. That's true. At that point, and that's if it goes that direction, it may not. Because but either negative. way, I I believe that this is what this is going to be. They're not going to let you do it for this price if they're going to allow you the ability to just send it back a year into your contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you know, it, it's not going to be like rent a center where you can just rent it for as long as you want and send it back at that. You're getting a service, and I guarantee you the way they, they loop it together is that you're getting two years at once of, of all these products. Uh, you're already getting those up front, and then you're getting this console. So you're not going to, you know, if you send the, you can't send the console back. Basically, what you're doing is that to get out from that monthly payment, you're going to have to pay for it either all up front, which they may not even let you do. That's going to be an other side of it. Now, Next lets you do that for AT&T, right? Um, what we did for Hannah's phone because she was doing next and then broke her phone and we were still having to pay for it because yeah. Hannah broke her phone. And I was like, Hannah, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to do this like I did. Buy the phone outright. Unlock. I spent $900 on my Google Pixel 2 because I don't want AT&T able to tell me when I can and can't leave their service. Yeah. If I decide that I'm done with AT&T, the only thing you're going to be having to worry I can about just is move a, my phone yeah. wherever because T-Mobile, I can use. I can use Verizon on you, my phone. You just got to worry about the, uh, what is it, the... Uh, cancellation fee for your contract. That's it, it. There's not a cancellation fee for contract on AT and T because it's not a contract anymore. Oh, I guess that's true. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. the way of that is to take away the idea of a subsidized phone that contracts you to the carrier for two years. Instead, they remove the carrier contract, and your contract is the phone. Yeah. So as long as you pay your phone off, it doesn't matter. Uh, but since I don't have that, I can literally leave A and T and T this month and not matter. Right. You won't necessarily be able to do that here because you're not. Be, again, you're contracted to the company by this. So yeah, what happens? Bubble if, of what you're doing. If your Xbox gets stolen out of your apartment or house, you're still gonna be paying on it unless you like send a police report. Like that's what I'm curious. And there about. may be ways to get like you know reparations on that or whatever. But you're it's the the responsibility falls on you, which is a weird thing because like you know, I guess my my thing is like okay, so say that people are using this example. Well, I don't have five hundred dollars up front to buy a console. That makes sense. A lot of people don't. 
Yeah. Right? You have to save uh, or be like, okay, I'm saving three months in advance. This much, this much, and this month. That way I have enough to get it. Right. That gives you like six paychecks to do it on. Right. That makes sense, right? It gives you time to put the money back or trade towards so that you have this money, this value set. Um, but what happens if you lose your job and you can't afford the $35 anymore? And this is a really bad way to view it, but... I use games in times where I'm stressed or hard times fall as like a fallback, right? So every game I own, right? If I lost my job tomorrow and I was no longer able to pay for any new games, I have the system that I've already bought outright. I have my TV I've already bought outright. And I have every game I've already bought outright, including my digital ones and my PlayStation Plus ones until my PlayStation Plus lapses if I can't renew it. Yeah. But I have something to fall back on. And even more so, so I can play this, no problem, and I don't going to worry about it. if I miss the payment, they're going to come take it from me, right? Which you assume is what's going to happen with the Xbox. If you don't pay for it, you're not going to get to keep it. No. It's going to be repoed, basically. Um, well, Which I don't know how they do, because or, how no, do you repo something like it's that? It's not going to repo. They're going to charge you the full amount. Probably. Yeah, they'll, they'll, what they'll do is if you miss, say, two if months, you, yeah, they'll charge they'll, they'll you the They'll charge full. the full amount to your card and move on about their business. So when you think about that, uh, th- that'll that's even worse. If you can't pay for it when you're on this contract, yeah, I know that it's not impossible to scrounge together $35 or whatever. But my point being, it's one more thing, right? When you lose your job and you're trying to, and you, and you don't have like, so if your monetary situation is that you do not have enough money to shell out $500 or $300 for a console day one anyway, and you lose your job or something you're, bad you're happens, you get laid off, you're just screwed because now if you can't pay for this and, and you have all these bills, right, and all these other bills are for things you need like water and electricity and things that you need to keep going, this gaming system is an ancillary product that you don't need, and now that $35 is $35 that's inching that much more into the budget you do have to try and make it by, and it's unnecessary. And, well, and, and it creates a problem. So, I mean, that, now that's on a more personal side of it. So, I mean, uh, Blake brought up a good point in Discord saying that every now and then, though, if something like that happens, at least you have that to use in a time of like desperation or like depression, I guess. Is that when if you if you lost your job, sure, but then that may be the thing keeping you happy. Well, I use that actually. I, Blake may have said something in response to it, like, yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. But I said that oh, did you? in hard times, yeah. I want to be able to know that if I lost my job, I can come home with the safety of my console that I own. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. Already. At, outright and then the, the the more pragmatic monetary stance on it is that i can sell it if I, I if i come across really hard times and i'm about to miss my car payment and i need a car more than i need anything else i can go screw the 500 dollars ps4 pro i don't really need it sell it screw my 20th anniversary playstation i don't need it right sell it i get you know a, i can get a thousand dollars bam Sell both of them if I if I really need to. You can't do that here. No, necessarily. And, I mean, you can, but then you're still paying for it every month. Yeah, and so, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, now those are real life situations. I want to get into the business side of it, but I think no. Well, go ahead and go to the business thing, side of it. Well, no, I mean, what, the life ones. I mean, do you have anything else to add? Not, to that? not, I think not really. No, I think that it's going to be a rare kind of person to be able to do this, and uh, or not be able to do this, but who who could do it and not worry about it? Maybe somebody who has the John Levitt, uh, the job longevity who's been at their career for a while now and they know they're not gonna get fired uh, yeah but you never know like you know the perfect example is is crash you know i mean had a job i guess that's bam, true didn't yeah have a job you know yeah, what i mean but it's interesting for sure and well, he he's the kind of person that i could see this benefiting him because it's less he does he doesn't have to think about oh saving right he just go okay i want to go like you know he doesn't have to go Oh, hey, $500, I can go put that down now. He saves for stuff. That's the way he is. So when you think about that, and he makes decent money, but he has a lot of payments. Right, right. and one of my things is, too, is that unless it's something like a car or like a house, um, 
you don't buy something that you can't buy outright. Like don't that's you, my that's my yeah, setup don't, too. Don't use a credit card for something you can't afford right then. Now this is a this is a really interesting thing though for people who can do that. It's just it's a good it, from a business. It has obvious downsides. Right. It has the again it has the obvious upside of twenty two dollars. I can give Microsoft twenty two dollars, and within a matter of days, I have a console games to play and the online service I need. To right. Play. And but the, that also comes with a caveat of I could lose this at any time. And that it's not really yours until you're done paying for it. Yeah. So if you like, let's say, so you have no you have real, like, you have no real. Uh, it's not an asset for you until it's yours. Right. So if an, if your nephew or somebody steps on your system, you got to pay it off, then go buy a new system. Which I mean, it costs the same in the end because you have to buy two systems either way, even if you weren't paying for it or not. Sure. But then you may not but it's have more the money. Of a hit on someone who doesn't have the yeah. fiscal ability to do this. Outright. Yeah. So either way, you're going to be left without a console, owing money for the next two years. I really hope you could pay it off. Instantly, I know some places that like yeah, this that, won't let you. Yeah, so say that you pay for it monthly, but you also have a, a different stash that you're using to save up to, to pay the full amount. Right, which is pretty much what I'm doing with my car. Yeah, that's what I would hope yeah. that they would allow you to do. Uh, but let's let's get into the business side of things. Okay, so business sides, I'm a little interesting. I kind of took over the, the the personal one. So, what do you think business wise? I think, do you think I, business I think wise, a, Sony should follow. I, I think it's a fantastic model, um, especially for people who, like I said, like you may not have. Or, you know, 500 bucks plus all this to get. And for what it is, like I said, you save 20 bucks doing this. So it's not a bad model at all. I do think that with consoles and games, it's a completely new thing. Like, unless you go to Rent-A-Center. And like I said before, you got to, like, just just not realize well, people yeah, are still money. Because this is coming from the manufacturer. This isn't coming right. from a third-party Yeah, this party is the first time this has ever been. Like, even technically, they don't even do this with phones because technically it's all, you're going through a carrier, not your phone, not the phone Yeah, you're doing through AT&T. Yeah, you're not, well, or I Verizon. Mean, technically, you can do it on, like, you can get a, a Pixel on Google's thing. Like, you can pay for it through them, but it's really still through a third-party thing, which this will probably be, too. Yeah. They're getting well, their money from, like, some kind of a creditor, I would imagine. But maybe oh, not. Yeah, no, yeah. They, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious speaking of creditors is that like is this for anybody or is this for people who only have like say 700 plus credit score like that's the thing is that like i don't think that mm. any any average person can go do this if they don't have a good enough credit here's score. the thing it's not that much money right you're not neither the, is like a 300 dollars credit limit on a credit card but some people get declined for that that's true and this is 500 I, I, this, will, this will have some form of a credit check oh, of course it'll yeah it's just like your playstation card you yeah know? it'll it'll have to yeah um it's, it's that, that's a good point and i didn't even think about that for the personal side yeah these people possibly the people who this stands to benefit the most may not have the credit for it to really truly benefit them that's interesting yeah because like and, and i'll tell you right now that if you are in a, like a i don't want to say the word need but if you are in a point of want in your life and you don't have the money to do this, don't do this. This is not a smart thing to do for this kind of consumer. This is for the person who is, like, I would say that has, like I said, the jong. Why do I keep trying to say jong? John. Uh, you, job. Said, you said longevity. I would say it longevity, but right, either way, either way longevity, longevity. Uh, but but if you don't have that in your life, and maybe you've been working like, if you work like a little bit above minimum wage, and you are. You have an extra couple bucks a month to spend on this. Don't do that. Put that money in savings and then buy it when you saved up the money. Is what I always tell somebody because you cannot be actively saving tons and tons of money if you are in debt. So and yeah, that's what so this does is it puts you in needless debt that you should not do. Yeah. So that's going back to the personal side. Which right. Is good. That's, and I figured you had a little more to add to it. That's a good point. I mean, that's really that really. Yeah. Is a good and, point. and I mean, like I'll, I'll, I'm different about stuff like cars and houses and like a rent because you know you're putting yourself in debt, but you're you're getting 
a, a vital part of living out of the outcome of this. You know, you have sure. a car, you have transportation, you have housing. And even then, I still try and urge people to buy a car outright if you can. If you can find a way to scrape by to get enough money saved to even buy a $500 yeah, I, clunker. I would agree. Uh, because, I mean, and like that's, and there's, there's a, you know, it's a popular way of thinking of if you needed to buy this, save up enough money, buy it outright, and, you know, just do it that way. And that's what I would say. But credit's uh, obviously highly used. So, um, Well, anyway. and it's, it's interesting because there has to be, in my mind, some kind of interest rate on this. Like, like, uh, there wouldn't be an interest rate necessarily. The interest rate would be worked into this monthly cost. That's but, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, so, like, I mean, yeah, there, there technically is an interest rate, but the thing about it is realistically the interest their interest rate is the in value of what you're paying yeah and i mean and the fact that the with the interest idea behind it included and still being cheaper by the time that you're done uh the reason i say that this is and because it's a it's a we know it's two years this isn't like a credit card where you can have the same amount of debt for 10 years as long as you're paying your no you'll go to collections with my third month so with and you know with this being said since oh, well, the, no, yeah, I, yeah, it's a two-year contract. So yeah, it's like, even a credit card. If you're just making monthly payments on it, you're well, good. yeah, but you can keep the same amount of debt by continually adding more to it, but only paying the minimum payment. Like you know, yeah, say just, you only pay fifteen dollars a month, but then you spend fifteen dollars on it. You can stay at the same amount of debt, but it yeah. doesn't. You know, it just stays forever and it keeps accruing more interest. It's like digging a hole straight down with a shovel, and you're throwing the dirt straight up in the air and coming right back down on yeah. you. It's yeah. just it's so it's, th- there's a negative side there. So you wouldn't have that here uh, in terms of that negative side effect for people. Um, but I mean, from, from the business side, like, I mean, I, like, and this is what I started off with it. So I think it's a great idea for a business to do this because there are people that this would apply to. Maybe it gives you a guaranteed sale. Yeah. Maybe you're not one that's a gamer. Maybe you're one that, you know, it, it's a, it's well, a household Xbox. Would you consider it a guaranteed sale? Because technically it's not. No, a sale it's not. No, it's not a guaranteed sale. Uh, but what it is, off. is it's a guaranteed entrance into your ecosystem. Well, no, that's the best way to use yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because you're not getting all the money up front. It's, it's, so it's not a guaranteed sale. Well, it's weird with stuff like this because well, I guess it is. Cause like you said, they're going to pay for it in the long. If, even yeah. if you stop paying for it, they're just going to charge you. They're going to charge you or send you to collections. Yeah. It's going to be of the one, two. one of the two. And people, I always, I always hear people who laugh off collections and stuff. That's not something to laugh about. Your credit score is going to tank, which is very important. Yeah, in a, people calling adult. you and sending you mail. And, and, and the bank of the uh, of the owner of the debt, whether it is the bank or the debt collector themselves, can put a lawsuit against you. It's not, it's not a fun time. But yeah. you can. Well, they really I, wanted to. I've heard of lawsuits for less than $500. Yeah, no, they so. exist. They exist. So, but for a lawsuit for $800, I could definitely see it. But I don't think that that would be a good look for Microsoft to actively try to sue people. Once again, they're a business. So who knows? They, you know, yeah. if it comes down to something. Well, it depends on the creditor. Because is, is Microsoft the creditor who's going to try to sue Probably not. They'd honestly, if they, if they did a bank with as big as Microsoft is, I probably would bet they would go through Bank of America to do this. Yeah, who knows? I'm not really sure. But it's, it's an interesting setup. So from the business upsides that it's going to give Xbox, is it's going to give more people into the Xbox yes, Game Pass. Absolutely. Uh, which helps Game Pass be able to leverage more games into the service. Absolutely, that's, that's an upside. And then, of course, every the uh, it's it's like a that's like a uh, what are they? Why well, can't think of the word right now? Um, but you it, it, it's feeding into itself. It's synergistic. So basically, you're getting more people into Games Pass, which gives them more leverage to get better games in Games Pass, and maybe earlier, like day one, are very close to launch. And then those people get to play that game, which then encourages more people to buy games pass. I mean, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, a synergistic loop that is necessary for that type of service. Um, yeah. And then it continues to grow because basically the idea is that somebody plays a game like, Oh, this is awesome. I can do this day one, bam, send somebody else out. Somebody else joins the cycle continues. Right. Uh, and that way they continuously get to have more money and, and it's more lucrative for uh, people to, they can basically contract better or 
whatever you want to call it, they can work and partner with different developers uh, and publishers better to be yeah. to meet day one or very early things and still be lucrative for the pub- publisher to where it makes sense for them to do it. Um, so that's obvious business upside right there. Uh, the same with Xbox Live. You're getting somebody else into that, that service, um, which just basically feeds the thing where if they like what the service is doing and they can more money to try and improve the service, they again try and continue that cycle. And then lastly, those are their own ecosystems, but then you're also getting someone into a guaranteed. So like the upside for Xbox on this is that if Xbox doesn't, or if, if PlayStation doesn't follow suit, which I don't think that they will actually, I really don't, but I don't either. whether they should, we'll get it. We'll get into as we continue to go through. Um, if they're doing this, this means that this is one alley where PlayStation's not competitive and they're getting people to go into Xbox. It's an can only afford to game through this. Yeah. And that's the, that's typically the kind of like, if you can only afford to game through this, then you just need to save up and buy it. X or PlayStation should not go through this. Should, should stay far away from it. And I it, think see, that, it's interesting because that's what I'm saying. You say it's a really interesting model. No, it, but it, there's so, and, and you even said it, you went as far as to say it's a good model. No, it's but a is this fantastic a, model, and it's a good deal. And for everything you get, all for that cost per month is fine. But I have a feeling that the people who are going to be using this aren't going to be able to make that through through that two years. And I'm I not going to say I feel that like they will. Well, a gonna, lot of people, I think, people who even can afford it will opt it just because of the. No, they'll, no. they'll opt into it just because of the. What would you the ease of the ease of it like the convenience of it? Yeah, the convenience of it. Because like, a lot I'm, of people can afford to buy phones outright. But realistically, I'm not talk, but they well, don't. They I do should, it for the convenience. I should clarify and say that the people who can only afford it this way. Okay. Yeah, but see, not I, make it I do feel like there will be a lot of people who can afford it either way, but choose to go this route. No, that's for the and that's that's what I was saying earlier is that like some people who know they're going to have the you know the job longevity longevity whatever um, they're going to have all of that 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 they'll choose to do that just because it's a good deal and it'll it'll it, it's just one of those things of click a button it's here and I'm you know thirty five bucks this month thirty five bucks next month out of the out of the question and they can use instead of throwing the thousand dollars that they could even afford down outright they can go well right. I can do this pay for this and I can buy this other thing that doesn't offer me. That. Right, and then and, and I can do that now. And but I'll there's going to be a large, land. large group of people who are like, I have an extra forty bucks a month every every month to spend. That's that's all I really have. I'll just do this. I can actually afford one now. No, you can't. You really can't. Uh, anything can happen. Like and people that like that's something that a lot of people don't account for either. Is that like flat tire? Like you're gonna, you're gonna be late on that Xbox? Like how how hard would you laugh? One if, one more bill to juggle. No, no, man. If you somebody know? came up to me in GameStop and like, hey, man, you getting Spider Man? No. Nah. I'm a little bit behind on my Xbox payments. I'm going to laugh at them. I'm you're, really going to laugh at them. You're mean, so. No, I'm not. I'll probably buy them Spider-Man, but like... <laughs> I, I feel bad for you, but still, it's funny. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to laugh it, real well, hard. But it, it goes to show. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. There are people that are that fiscally irresponsible. Yeah. It really is no, true. And but that, I don't... I and do I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be in danger of this. I, I guess what would be interesting, what we should have done in this is uh, look up the next numbers and see how many people actually go through AT&T Next. You have and, to now. Uh, if, Verizon. If, if you were to get a phone through AT&T, you have to go through well, Next. If you get through them, yeah. Right. And, and, yeah you're right. I'm you sure have that's, to do that. I'm sure that's 80% of their customers. Yeah. 75, 70, 80% of their customers. A large amount. But so can gaming really replicate that success? Because that's no. the successful version of that model. I'll tell you why. Because a cell phone is a necessity in this day and age. A gaming console is not. That's true. And More, I think that's why because like you said, everyone has, you know, everyone has a cell phone. It, it's literally, everyone, yeah, not everyone has a console. It's one of those things that in the back of your mind, you know, you need no matter what. Some people say like, oh, well, I can go days off my cell phone. Sure, you could. But would you? Because like 
flat tire. You need nine one one. Can you go to your cell phone? Yeah, maybe. But can you do? Can you go more than ten minutes with when you don't have your cell phone without going like? Yeah, looking oh, for it yeah. or like or tapping your pocket as you walk out of the uh, store. Like, did I get my yeah, I'm being like, oh, what time is it? And then reaching for your yeah, pocket. Well, yeah, I gotta watch for that. But yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> but I know a lot of people do. That. I still instinctively take my phone out to check with the time. And I'm like, well, no, could just done that. Yeah, I do this all the time for date and time yeah. both, which but, is good because I didn't like having to pull my phone out to, to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't. I know you're on the same page with me. You don't think Sony should do this? Like, no, I don't. And uh, it's just one of those things that it's just it doesn't make sense coming from. Now the reason I say I don't. Is because, like you said, I don't. I, well, okay, I don't think they should because I don't think they have to. Exactly. They don't. That, that's they don't, the wording I'm going to choose yeah, to use it for. They don't. They don't. They're not going to gain. They would gain more people to do this. Like, but it won't be much because a majority of the gaming audience already owns a PS4. They're not. That's true. They're not far behind. But I, I, so the, the follow up would be there because you would assume that if this comes throughout the Xbox One lifespan, that it would also follow into whatever the next gen Xbox becomes. Yeah. Uh, and it almost seems like this is a way for Xbox to ease people into the idea of the streaming box, to where all you're literally doing at that point is paying for services and just a streaming box is all you buy, and then you're just paying to use Xbox as a service on that. You know, if they made um, a, like a, a, a discless one for that, but you could download games that are stream them, I would be all for that. Yeah, but they're talking about a legitimate streaming box. I know. That's like a hundred bucks. Like basically not an worth Apple it. TV. But not worth is it. Xbox branded and Xbox UI'd. I don't agree I don't like that idea either. But that's because of my experiences with streaming and I still don't think yeah, they're good. Sh- people say streaming games is the future. It's the same it's reason not. I say Games Pass is so much better than now. And and big and the fact that now is such a legitimately different service. People try and compare them; they are not the same. Yeah, I mean, you can compare them to say that they they both offer you games that for a monthly rate, but they both but they, offer they, you games directly different, the, vastly different. And 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 Xbox has the better service, <laughs> way better no, service. It is. Um, for, not only even from a game standpoint, just from a, uh, from an accessibility, from getting, like, from getting day one games on there is interesting. It is. Um, but and Sony wouldn't do that because con- that's not the same thing for now. Did they confirm that Metro is day one? I didn't see, okay. uh, but we could ask Blake. Yeah, and, Blake. And get a for sure answer. I got, Blake, let us know. I got kind of bored we'll, watching we'll the rest of that. Huh? I got kind of bored watching the rest of that uh, Xbox. Oh yeah, I didn't watch it at all because I was busy. Uh, you were at work that day too, weren't yep. you? Yep. Yeah, I was. That was my off day this week. So I mean, this whole thing is interesting, right? This is the reason I don't think Sony should is because, like, like you said, everyone's into it. But I guess the follow up, like I said, is that if the next gen Xbox goes into that then the, the next-gen PlayStation could potentially go into that. So the argument that majority of gamers who want a PlayStation 4 own them already, well, A, the model, let's play devil's advocate for a second, about why Sony might want to do it, is that those you know they're talking about ways to maximize the rest of the people do, who don't already have PlayStations, and there's a couple ways to do that, right? The number one way to do that is to do what we've already been doing, uh, or what they've already been doing, which is release interesting special edition systems so that people want to double dip. Right? Yeah. And then now the the downside of the double dip is that most people will end up selling one of their consoles. Some people will just literally buy a second one. So it's like, well, now I have one in my living room and I have a cool one in my gaming room that I want to play on more often. But we can use the living room one for Netflix and things like that and for when we want to play family games. People will do that. But there's also a lot of people who, like I'm doing with this one, I can't justify two for no reason. I already have two PlayStation 4s. I, this, is, this is my fifth PlayStation 4 overall, but I don't own five of them. So that's right. important. But my point being is that I have stopped in a sense. I stopped you from buying a PlayStation initially because you bought my PlayStation. Oh, four. yeah. Now, you eventually went and bought a brand new Pro yourself. Right. Right? Then I stopped Jonathan, who bought a PS4, I want to say new, from buying a, from buying a PS4 Pro new because 
he bought mine. So in a way, you are st- by doing that, they potentially stop other people from getting theirs anyway. But those people were, if they're buying from me, they were likely going to buy used anyway. Yeah. But that's you, one way to do it. The right. second way to do it is to adopt this model. And then those who have been like, well, I just didn't want to for the cost associated with it, uh, but I didn't want to go used. So this is actually a perfect example for you if you didn't have the money to buy outright, right? Uh, somebody like you is like, well, I don't like buying used consoles because of the way that that is. I want to, I want to have a way to afford it, but I want it to be new. This is that way. And see, for and me, this is a way to get those last people who are just like clinging on to the end of the PS3, Xbox 360 generation. Yeah. Who are like, well, I guess it's time for me to do it. Oh, I can do it by. So those people who still haven't decided which way they're going to go because they, they they play the slow game anyway. This might this Xbox thing might actually pull them yeah. towards Xbox. And, and I'll tell you right now, like what I was saying earlier is that like so I, PlayStation did it. They I would it I would do this if a I wanted an Xbox because I'd already have a PC and B if the price was right, like it is, but because I know my job is solid, I know I'm not going to lose my job. It's, it would be almost impossible for me to lose my job. Um, unless but you I, also know that you could very easily save this and not even have to wait a month to just go buy one. Yeah. Like you could probably honestly just go, well, I don't really need this, this and this. I'll cut back on those. I'll, I'll eat out three times less this, this paycheck. And, oh yeah, dude. Like that's what we like. And go buy an Xbox. No, you know like, what I mean? Literally in a month of eating out, which is what we've already cut out of, out of our budget a lot because we literally spend eight hundred hundred dollars a month eating sure. out. And it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, I guess what I'm thinking is that, like, yeah, there are obvious benefits to Sony using it. And while the argument is decently sound that, yeah, most of the people who want to play this before already own one, that's obviously true. But they're still selling massively, and they're going to continue to sell massively. Yeah. Uh, they expect to break, you know, $100 million. Uh, so, they're only at, like, $83 million, whatever, $86 million, whatever we said. So, when you think about that, when they're in the $80 millions, 15 million people is not a small swath of anything. Uh-uh. Uh, so, for them to hit that... If this if this model could help them break hundred million, I think it'd be worth it because the the PR and the news blast that they would get by breaking hundred million and what it would mean to people, it would be good for their name, right? And it oh, would yeah. be the final mark of we have turned ourselves completely around for the PS3 generation. Yeah, we broke hundred million again, let's which just, we didn't do in PS3. Now yeah. we did. And let's this just hope is they why stay we're at our own. max right now. You know, this is it would be so good for them to use as just like a a goodwill piece, like a good hit piece, not a hit piece, but you know, I mean, a good right. piece. Yeah, of like bam. You, they would take over the news. It would be something easy for them to lean on and go, look at us. We did it again. We're so proud of ourselves. We've turned it around. Couldn't have done it without the help of y'all. It's a great way for them to bolster themselves. Um, and if this could help them do it, which it could, yeah, it's potentially, sure. they could do it. But here's why it doesn't make as much sense. The other reason why I don't think they'll do it is that Xbox, like I said, is a platform, right? So they're doing this with a system Games Pass, which Sony does not have a nope. answer to yet, and Xbox Live. Now you could cut Games Pass out, right? And you can make it to where okay, you pay this much a month and you get a game, you get the console, and you get PlayStation Plus, right? Now the upside of PlayStation Plus is by getting it, you technically do day one have at least something to play. Yeah, but your your wealth of options is so much Very less slim. Yes. than Games Pass would, would be. So it makes more sense for Microsoft to do this because you go, wow, I get, a, I get for $22 a month, the system gets here, and I have everything I need is, as well as a broad, like a, a breadth of games to play yeah. that are of different styles. So they may be what I want. See, Lots like, of variety. Whereas, P, okay, PS Plus games this month, right? What if you don't want to play Dead by Daylight yeah. or Mafia 3? What if neither of those games appeal to you? Right? What are you supposed to do? There's not a racing game. There's yeah, go buy, go buy a game. 
like every other normal human being. Yeah, exactly. And now, but but that's why it's one thing that makes more sense no, for yeah, Xbox no, to do this. Yeah, it's a, they're it's selling a, good a deal. very complete package. Yes. To where, like I said, you can literally just buy this and go. I'm not going to buy any games. The only games I'm going to play are the ones that are on Games Pass since I have Games Pass for two years. Yeah. Th- that's pretty pretty impressive. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about that, that's a far stronger thing for them to do. Whereas it's a lot harder for someone to go, you know what? I'm going to buy this PlayStation on this thing. I'm going to pay $30 a month for this PlayStation Pro and I'm only going to play, which why would you even do the Pro at that point? That's what you're doing. But I'll, I'll play, I'll, I'll get the PlayStation 4 for $22 a month. I'll only play PS Plus games. Yeah. You would not have near as fun a run. No, absolutely not. Uh, so uh, it I makes think sense. for it to make sense for Sony to do it, they'd either have to cut the price down considerably, which would, again, start to make no sense. Yeah. Um, because it, they're selling, and not, not considerably, but even going down from like 22 to $18 a month, is it starts to be less and less lucrative for them. Yeah. In comparison to other things they may be able to pull off, like sales and, and partnerships and whatever they want to do. It Business-wise, I think it would make more sense for them to get the sales by just doing what they've always done and partnering in such ways that makes you where it's hard for you to resist buying it. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, even if I have to save for three months, I'm going to do it. Right. And, and, and Sony have managed to do that. And, and don't worry, Microsoft have done that too. People who are very invested in Microsoft go, you know what? It's time for me to get Xbox one. I don't care. I'm saving for five months to get it. And then I'm finally going to get it. People are going to do that with PlayStation, right? People are going to go, what? I love Kingdom Hearts. I already have a PlayStation 4. I've been wanting a Pro, but the PS4 Pro Kingdom Hearts edition is coming, which it may not come here, but I'm going to save from now until it gets announced, and I'm going to try and get it day one. Uh, you know, as soon as it sells, I want to get it. And that's a... it. There's there's value on both sides. Yeah, oh yeah, From a for business sure. perspective, for Sony. Absolutely. But I don't necessarily think Sony needs to do it this generation, but... This one, this makes more sense to me, right? Let Microsoft do this now, where it really benefits them more than it would benefit Sony. Realistically, it's going to be more beneficial to them because they have. There will be PS4 players who may get an Xbox now because they can just go, okay, well instead of having to buy an Xbox outright, I can have my PS4 and just pay for the Xbox monthly. Whatever, yeah. that may happen. You never know. That's true too. Uh, yeah, or, I didn't think about that. But, but basically, there are more. There's more people. They have not reached market saturation in the same way that PlayStation has. Absolutely so they not. have a ton more people that they can sell this to potentially. Uh, whereas Sony has less. They still have a ton of people, obviously, but they have less. Yeah. Um, so Sony can do this, see how well it works for Microsoft. And if it really is a very good lucrative system for them and they see Microsoft turn around because of it and their sales jump up because of it and they bring in better revenue because of it, then Sony could seriously look at it and go, is it worth doing something like this with the PS5? Is it worth doing it from just the console and the PS Plus? Is it worth trying to do some form of a Games Pass-like thing? You know, that's basically how you could pull it off. Even if it was just them going smaller than Games Pass but going, what we're going to do is we're going to make a service where you can play every PlayStation exclusive if you just pay for this service. And the service is $60 a year, whatever you want to make it. They, they ain't going to do that, doing. yeah. But, but my point being... Well, $250 I mean, a year. No, because they're already doing that. I mean, think about it. Every Xbox exclusive uh, uh, coming up seems to be hitting Games Pass day one. It's only $10 a month. That's not even including all the third-party games. Oh, I thought you were talking about going back all the way through the PS4 catalog. 
Oh, yeah, but they could, because why not at that point? Uh, and it would also include new games. And they, what they may have is more people buy those, but don't run. God of War sold over 5 million copies. They ain't worried about it. No, yeah. My point being, though, that would be an option for them to do that's a scaled-down version of Games Pass where they don't have to worry about third parties. They just go, this is the price we're going to charge. Uh, even if, okay, ten, they could do $10 a month if they wanted to for it, but they could also go $10 a month for all of our exclusives. And, and I will say, everyone knows, I mean, when you're dealing with the amount of exclusives, it gives you a lot of games to play in a lot of different styles because they do have racing games, shooting games. And, I mean, you, yeah. you can play a little bit of everything at that point. Uh, and that would help make that part of the inclusion a little bit better while giving them something that would potentially be able to grow Games Pass seems like it's probably smarter in that business model, whether it's better for gaming overall. It's hard to sell. You know, Games yeah. Pass needs to go longer for me to be able to really feel like I have an answer to that. Uh, right now, it seems to be doing well for Xbox. So Yeah, we'll it's, it's, it's a uh, service that I would definitely yeah, basically, keep on using. Microsoft does the test run, and then Sony decides whether it's worth trying to mimic and possibly iterate upon better or iterate upon uh, differently in such a way that it's like, okay, well, either way, it works out. That's... Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, that like Sony will definitely keep an eye from afar and monitor. And um, I think that this will be somewhat successful, even though it's not a service I entirely agree with, but I'm for, if that makes sense. So it's the same thing as Games Pass, right? When Games Pass first started, I was like, I don't know about this. But Games Pass has kind of proven that, it, it's like very, I said, we don't know that it's a popular. wild success yet yeah. in terms of like what is really meant by success, which is interesting. We were having a conversation on Discord earlier about what a success is, and I think... Defining a success is it, a lot harder than defining a failure. You know I, a failure when you see it. I think it. it's fairly easy to, to define a success, something that did not fail. Well, see, that's where I'm at too, but and that's really what I meant when I said that in Discord. It's yeah, funny that, that you that's, said that. That's it a, didn't fail. You know what a failure is. Yeah. It, you it, undeniably can look and go, dude, the Vita was a failure. It, it, it if just it is was. not a failure, it is a success. That's, yeah, it's that, I agree. It's, that's as simple as it is in my mind. But see, but... Is it successful enough to warrant copying? And that's what Sony's no, going to do yeah, that's, that's Sony's going to go, okay, Games Pass is a success, but to what level? And is it more successful than if they just continue to try selling their games on their own and, and making more money off of it? Right. Potentially. Again, we don't know the numbers, the, the difference in numbers. It really, we're going to have to see Games Pass last longer and then really get a comprehensive amount of data to go, how much money they make in comparison to what Sony made doing, a, doing their traditional yeah. method and, I think, and then go from there. I think Games uh, Pass is worth it. Games Pass, though, no, it's, it's worth it, and it's a success. Is it so successful that Sony will need to copy it or something similar to it? Because, like, perfect example, right? PS Plus uh, started life as a free game service. Okay, well, you're going to pay right. for this, and we're going to then... give you some extra stuff on PS3. You're not, you're not paying for it to play online. We're just giving you this. Uh, we're giving you uh, cloud saves, We're giving, which was awesome. Right, uh, we're we're automatically going to do it for you. We're going to uh, turn your system on, automatically update it for you. We'll automatically uh, send all your stuff to the cloud. This is on PS3. We we taken it for granted because it's been there on PS4 yeah, since day one with Plus. But then they started was, charging for it when Microsoft was successful with charging for gold. What two things? Yeah. So PlayStation decided to charge for Plus uh, as a requirement for online because they saw that Microsoft got away with it and it was wildly successful for Microsoft and brought in a lot of revenue for them. Right. So suddenly we're like, well, we'll just copy that. You don't have to. Someone was like, oh, well, it's better. Yeah, maybe it is better because they're charging for it. But they don't have to because nobody pays for servers on PC. And people right. play PC games like wild. Um, but so when you think about that, yeah, Microsoft did this, right? They said, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then they did it for a whole generation. And some were like, it, the success of that was so much that we can't ignore it, right? But then on the flip side, Sony started PS Plus as a free, like online service is free. This is all completely additional. We're going to give you games per month. We're going to give you cool things like uh, exclusive skins and stuff like yes. this that you may like. We're going to give you uh, ease of, like, uh, 
what would you call it, ease of living update. I, we're going to update your games for you. Yeah. Update your console for that, you. Update that your doesn't work either. It did on PS3 when it first started. It was no, actually I amazing. I loved it. And I don't, it does I don't not even work. pay attention to it on here. It, no. It, it does for me that I know. Like When I go back and look, all my games were updated. Mine do not do that at all. I don't know what my deal is. I, I just know. had bad luck with PS4s. But. Uh, well, I'll say this. It automatically downloads the update. And then whenever I go to start the game, it says, hey, this is already downloaded. Do you want to install it? And I go, yeah. And then it does it. And it does it. I don't have to wait for it. Every now and then it does that for me, but not a lot. So anyway. Um, but what, like, what so do you guys? That. So what I'm saying is, like, real quick, sorry. But what I'm saying is, like, Microsoft then copied PS Plus by making games with gold. No, because. They, oh, oh, yeah, they, yeah. Yeah. Games with gold came with the Xbox One when they were like, man, Sony's killing it with this PS Plus thing. Uh, and they're making, and because Sony made PS Plus what it already was in, in yeah. terms of including I mean, it, online it, it, at the same price, Microsoft was like, it's a stupid, successful thing. And now we have to do it because the success they've gotten with it, right. and if we don't copy it, yeah, it's they a problem. Flipped it. They flipped it. So that's, that's what I'm saying was going to happen here is that Sony will basically go, they'll, they'll look this, at it for And that's a while. if this is even true. Yeah. That, again, if it's true. This is all speculation, but it's almost too precise to be speculation. It's, and Microsoft have been mentioning something weird. This seems like something that makes sense with the already confirmed thing about uh, – well, I'm not going to say confirmed, but there's rumors going the around stream about box. a stream box. Yeah. So this would be a way that you'd ease into that right? in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and then the stream box would just be a service. Games Pass would be the new service that they're going to do for it, and the pricing may adjust for it. Even if it goes to $12 a month, you get a stream box. You don't have to pay but $100 for the stream box. You pay $12 a month, play every game that's on the console, potentially – Right, potentially, and then stream the ones that other ones that you can't, whatever. I think it's a bad uh, idea that aren't on the fail. servers. You just pay that, for them and stream them. Yeah, that one's a bad idea. That's going to fail. But do you guys think know. that Sony? Do you th- do you guys think that Sony should do this? I think me and Brett are in the same boat. In which, no, they really shouldn't. They shouldn't now. They should wait and see what Microsoft learns. I don't think they should even after that. Technology could push this into something we don't understand. That's I mean, why I'm willing to not close the door on it as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I think I agree with you that it's a good idea. And I think that Xbox stands. That it makes sense coming from Xbox. Right. If PlayStation was doing this, I'd almost be like, good for them. But this is a little odd because they don't need to do this. No. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I want to stand at least for this gen. We'll see about next gen. But um, we'll see. I, I think that's interesting. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Thank you all for tuning in. I have to remind Brett for the, for the mousey mouse. But, is my uh, mouth dead? Uh-oh. This is gonna, we can add some more bloopers to the blooper reel. Oh, no, oh, there no, it goes. We're good. We're good. Yeah, but, we uh, bloopers. Let us know what you think in the comments uh, on Twitter, everywhere we are. And uh, we'll see you guys for episode 75. Don't forget to check out the video that's going to be right after this one explaining the giveaway. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons for supporting us. Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12, My Name is Dan, Noonie Bird, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us, uh, the links are in the description. Thank you.